This episode and most episodes of A Beer With are recorded live in Diffuse Studios. You can get it spinning a tune. You can get it podcasting before noon. You can get it when you're feeling real tops. And you can get it at Friday knockoffs. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is A Beer With, the podcast stubby cooler. Get it on a live stream. You can get it while making a meme. You can get it when you're playing COD. And you can get it while listening to the pod. Because a hard earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. You can get it right in the baseline. You can get it chatting on FaceTime. You can get it talking about. Matter of fact, I've got one now. Because a hard-earned thirst needs a big cold beer. And the best stubby cooler for that beer is a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. Go to the website, abeerwith.com, for all your podcast needs, including the one place to find a beer with the podcast stubby cooler. (laughs) Oh, guys, um, I love that ad um, that I've just sort of come up with over the weekend. Um, there will be a video of that ad coming um, on socials and all that kind of stuff. I'm just trying to uh, piece that all together at the moment and get some really nice footage of everything. So um, stay tuned from that. Um, but, you know, you'll be hearing it at the start of the podcast for a little while as we advertise our stubby coolers. $10, go to the website and pick one up now. This Friday, guys, we're taking Friday knockoffs in real life. We're taking it to you guys. Um, you know, it's been the online virtual thing for you know, a couple of weeks or months now since COVID hit. Um, Now that we actually can go outside and catch up, um, I thought it was a great opportunity, um, you know, to sort of have a small little venue where, you know, if you want to come out and and sort of catch up, have a drink, uh, sort of sit down in person and have a chat um, and just sort of like, you know, socialize with people, um, this is the time to do it. Um, Friday knockoffs, 8 o'clock till 12 this Friday. Um, You know, come down. It's at Born Creative Studios in the Valley. Um, I'll have links everywhere. I'll be blasting it out on the socials. So make sure you go and check that out because it's going to be really fun. I'll be there and there's going to be a heap of other people there. Um, So if you know a heap of people in this community uh, or you want to meet some of them, this is your chance to come out uh, and have a drink and catch up. So make sure you guys do that um, this Friday, Born Creative Studio in the Valley. Alright guys, today we have Mitch Hills on the podcast. Now me and Mitch actually used to DJ uh, at Stockies like five, six years ago. Um, We do talk about a few things um, that happened there and some fun times and things. Um, So that was really great. Um, It was really great to speak with Mitch also about sort of what he's doing now and sort of a bit more of his sort of entrepreneurial side, I think, um, because... You know, that's something that I've, you know, admired from him for many years uh, following what he's doing in the business world. And I think there's a lot of value in there for everyone out there. So um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Let's just run that music and get this episode underway. Hi guys, welcome back. This is another episode of A Beer With. I'm your host Jai, and today on the episode we have Mitch Hills. Mitch is a DJ from Brisbane. He's played all over the city, uh, many different venues as we talk about in this episode. Um, It was great to sort of get his story, you know, before we met, 
um, and sort of how he got into DJing and, and the scene uh, and also great to touch on some of the other things that he's you know passionate about and that he has a lot of knowledge on so being the entrepreneurial and the business side as well so um, I hope you guys enjoy this episode um, let's get this one going because I think there's going to be heaps of value in here for everyone listening so as always sit back crack a beer if you have one and enjoy the episode this is a beer with Mitch Hills Cheers. It's more for the for the uh, it's more for me, so I can uh, line up all the audio and video later on. <laughs> right, yeah. like in skating on their market. Yeah, yeah, a little double thing there. So, yeah. Mitch, how are you, mate? I am well. We we're just talking before. It's been a while since we've we've actually got to catch up and have a beer and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it'd be th- oh, four, at least four years. It's at least four or five years since we both played at Stockies for sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, that was a while ago, and then we were trying to figure out if we'd run into each other. I'm sure we would have just run into each other. I swear somewhere. there was one time where it was at last minute. I needed the DJ, and I didn't see you, but I got you to do a gig or something. Yeah, I can't it could remember. have been. Yeah, I th- I do remember that. Mm. I don't know where or what it was or yeah, anything one of those it. like panic last minute. Fuck. Can you do who's this? available? <laughs> oh yeah, man. I guess I can. Yeah. 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 And sometimes it works out perfectly when someone hits you up and you're like, oh great, that fills in this spot. But yeah, that, when you got a little gap. When you got that ticking time bomb of like, I gotta find a DJ in the next 35 minutes. Yeah. Or this venue's gonna be quiet. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be annoying. Oh, I've yeah. done too many of those. Yeah. So you just said you were at a um It's called a rage cage. A rage cage. Is this similar to a Panic room? Is that or no, not at all? <laughs> I think a panic room is where you go into when there's like a terrorist in the building. Um, yeah. No, a rage cage. Oh, I mean, like the ones you go for fun where you got to like figure out how to get out. Like, oh, like an mysteries. escape room. Escape room. Right. Like panic room, escape room. <laughs> escape room. No, this is where you just go and break shit. So, oh, cool. I didn't know there was one in Brisbane. It's in Highgate Hill. I promise I'm not sponsored by the rage cage. I just came yeah, from there. They should be, though. <laughs> should be. No, they just, you pay and that you get a crate full of plates and glasses and you can pay for like a, a monitor, uh, a guitar, a TV screen, and they just give you a bat and a, like a sledgehammer. And you just and go just into this go, cage go and go just notes. break things. And it's fantastic. <laughs> you just throw glasses at the wall, throw plates in the air, smash them with this steel baseball bat. Man, that's a, that's a, gr- I've, I actually have seen or heard of that like on some documentary yeah. or TV show in the States and they're like, in a junkyard. Yeah. Basically doing like a similar thing. Just well, there's one down the road. Shit. We're in Will and Gabba. There's one yeah. on Highgate Hill. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. I man. recommend it. How did, you, how did you find out about this? Like, was this just something you, <laughs> you and some mates were doing? Or no, what? my fiance randomly yeah. booked it because um, I was yeah. having a stressful week. So she's like, I got you this thing on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> and then she told me what it was. I was like, sick, because I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. And it was real, not just therapeutic, but I was really happy. Like, you feel fantastic afterwards. And they play yeah. they play like rock music and screamo music. Yeah. And you just go ham for like 10 minutes. Because it's something that you like, you can't do normally, really. Yeah. Like, because then well, you're going to- you've always wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, you've always wanted to do it, but you can't do it because you're either going to have to clean yeah. it up, get in big shit or I whatever it is. I recommend it. And yeah. they, you can even get like a, a beer jug full of like um, that colored powder. Uh, yeah. So I've got some good videos of smashing that in slow motion. Yeah, sick. And all the, it's all explodes yeah, everywhere. Dope. Yeah, man, if you hit a- plate like a dinner plate yeah. with a steel bat steel baseball bat man it goes everywhere yeah <laughs> jesus yeah that sounds awesome man like i'd love to do that sometime that'd be real fun for like can you are you allowed to be 
do they breath test you on arrival? <laughs> like, like, could you imagine like getting yeah, real smashed and then going there said, for like a on box the form, or something? Are you under the influence of drugs or alcohol? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on yeah. the form. So. so you just have to tick no. Yeah, just tick no. no. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful though, because <laughs> yeah, there's stuff going everywhere. They give you like yeah. a suit and gum boots and like a yeah, mask. Yeah, so there's some protection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so fun when you're drunk though. Like, yeah, just a group of guys for a box. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's one person at a time. Otherwise, someone's yeah. gonna die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that'd, yeah, good that'd fun. be pretty funny. Recommend it. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I love that idea of. And I think that's something you know that. Where was that kind of an idea 10, 20 years ago? You know, like they didn't really have anything like that. But it's not like it's a new technology or something crazy. Yeah, I've always found. wondered like how. Um, how do you run that business? Like, do you just go to thrift stores and just, or people donate? I don't know. Surely you just have to be trying to get secondhand stuff as cheap as possible. Yeah, because you got to, like, you have to buy some sort of TV screen. Like, yeah. To smash. How it. much does a TV screen cost nowadays? Like a CRT one, you're talking like. Well, like an old, old one. Big it's ones. probably yeah. fucked. It doesn't the ones work. that are vacuum that when you hit, you just like tap the glass and it goes. Yeah, he's like got pops. the yeah the best ones. Well, I didn't get to do this one, but it was like those old boxy ones where it's like yeah. Like a old those first MacBooks that came out, the yeah, yeah. thing on the back. Because yeah. when you hit it, it doesn't just break the glass. It's like all the circuitry kind of like it's like an explosion of yeah. energy. Yeah, that's sick. Good fun. Yeah, man. Um, that would be interesting to see how they they do that. You know, like how they work that. Because mm. I'm sure you can get heaps of like free old shit. He had a lot of plates. Just Gumtree. <laughs> just so yeah. they just troll Gumtree and just try and take everyone's shit. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about music first. Like we we met at um, you know, Stockies, I guess. We mm. didn't meet before then, did we? No, I think it was Stockies. I think that would have been Stockies. Um, I remember because I didn't recognize you, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen met this guy. Yeah, <laughs> who's this guy? Yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, and we were just talking earlier before the podcast about sort of the four years before that, like how good it was there and stuff. But mm. where did you start? Like, where was your first place that you started playing, and and how'd you get into it? Uh, my first, well. My first club and how I got into it, slightly different. So how did I... F my first club ever was the Port Office Hotel. <laughs> oh, man, the Porto. I can probably tell this story now. So The I, Porto was... Oh, so, man, it used to be classic. <laughs> sorry. My, well, that's not that bad. So the week <laughs> the week before, I tried to get in underage with my brother's fake ID. Yep. And the security guard looked at the ID, then looked at me and was just like, no. No. <laughs> it's like, like, no. Fuck off. <laughs> did you look... Like, of so you obviously no. didn't look... Much well, like, he, well, like kind of, but no, he was just like, no. Yeah. He's like, no, this isn't you. <laughs> and then uh, why why I decided to go there, I don't know. Because the next week I was booked to play a gig. Oh, uh, really? And they didn't know so I was had you, So had you, oh, wait, so you, you had organized the gig beforehand. Yeah, they booked me in to play yeah. the next week. Yeah. And I, being an idiot, was like, oh, let's go this week. Because <laughs> I was out, out with a bunch of friends. So, oh, I'm playing next week. So yeah. So, and then I went the next week. <laughs> seven days later and the security guard was like no no <laughs> and then uh the the general manager was like are you are you 17 and i was like yeah and he's like ah oh, well damn okay well you're here now yeah so then i played there and i had um it was my brother's 21st that night so we had like we it was lined through the door because they were all yeah. coming there after to see my first like club yeah game. yeah but so he kind of had no choice yeah but we did such a good job that um i ended up yeah, get, having a residency. There. I actually had three residencies when I was 17. I had the Port Office Hotel, the Boundary Hotel, and our place. Yeah. Uh, what, what, so what year was this? Like, what are we talking here? 17, what, what year? Oh, I'm, I graduated 20... So what would it be, 2012? Yep. 2012, I yep. think. Cool. Yeah. And then, uh, but how I first got into it, I remember um, I've always I've always loved music. I played piano since I was in grade one. Yeah. 
And then um, I think it was, I think it was Joey Dorin, who's now young Franco. Yep. He he had he'd played around on Audacity, and he'd made this mashup. And same with Danilo Maruco, a guy I was in school with. And I heard him. One of them mixed a song, and one of them mashed up a song. And I was like, Oh my god, how did you do that? Yeah. That's cool. And then they showed me Audacity, which is so clunky. But I, I, yeah. I played with that. And then I got a Virtual TJ, the first thing that I got. And I just was like, this is the sickest thing I've ever done in my yeah, life. Yeah. This is amazing. And then just became instantly obsessed with it and just kept going down that path and then bought a controller that was terrible and then learned and then bought a tractor thing and then just kept... And every every day I was playing. I loved it. And then um, it's funny how everyone intertwines. And then Nick Marchesi, who is who owns uh, Orange Sky Laundry. They yeah. like wash all the clothes for homeless people. He uh, won yeah. Australian of the Year. They're absolute okay. legends. Great yeah, guys. But at the time, he was like, because I was DJing and I was sort of, I'd make mixes and bring him into the class. And in the class, they'd let us play it like on the thing. So I was doing all the stuff and showing everyone. I got I'm exporting it onto my phone and showing people. Yeah. And he was like, oh, you're, you DJ, I've got speakers. Like, yeah. let's do a party. Yeah. And we were like, oh, why not? And then it was um, a big party. It was just a good thing at, one of those like rowing things where like heaps of private school kids go to it. Anyway, yeah. crushed it. There was like two or 300 people there and we smashed it. Yeah. And then he was like, we should keep doing this. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. So we, and then I created my first company called Pogo Entertainment yeah. and we would do DJing, the speakers and the DJ and then we'd do photography and then we tried security but it was too much of a fuck around. Yeah. Um, but then that just kept happening and then our marketing was really good and then we took that into the clubs and then I did that at Port Office and then the Stock Exchange Hotel was like, hey, come do it for us instead. And then I was just sort of like, I mean, skilled, but also a bit of luck, like right place at yeah, the right time. Yeah. All my friends are turning 18. All my brother's friends are turning 21. Uh, yeah. And it was just good good timing. Just and good then, timing, yeah, yeah. And then Patrick Donahue, who owns Famous, or at the time it was Hot Gossip, and he... I'd never met him before and he said, hey, I've been watching you for a little while and I was like, it's kind of creepy. Who is this guy? Yeah. And then he said, do you want to come work at Hot Gossip? And I was like, sweet. Yeah. And then Patrick is a fantastic guy, ended up becoming like my sort of second dad and then uh, we, and then that just, it just kept leading into other things and then yeah. that led to playing One in Thailand and then all over the place. I was playing, I've played nearly everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, it just sort of just kept happening. But yeah. there was, but the thing is, a lot of DJs, they're kind of shit and then they get a club gig. Like I'd spent a year, maybe two years getting good before I did yeah. a club gig so yeah. that it was actually really good. Yeah. And Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because some people, you know, they just – yeah, you got to be ready, I think, because otherwise yeah. you, you'll you have got to put in the hype. work. And you got to be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because the other thing is that the general manager doesn't care who you are, how many followers you have. In places like Brisbane, they care about making money. So can you make money on the bar and can you keep people here? Yeah. So if you learn how to read a room and just play to the venue and be versatile, you will be much more successful because you're reliable, you're consistent and you make money. Yeah. If you're some hotshot, they don't care if you don't make money. And that's the hardest thing to do really because all that stuff you just said about reading a room and, you know, doing what the club wants is a lot of that's experience. Mm. Like, you know, you don't really... Like, how do you read a room? And it's like, well, you know, there's certain things you do, but yeah. it's not really something that is like widely out there that's taught. Uh, it's openly. not because like, you, know, I... you can find beat matching easily. Like, it's easy to look up how to beat match. Yeah. It's easy how to look up, you know, all these different technical things. Yeah. But when it comes to those things of like, when everyone says, oh, you got to have experience kind of thing, it's that's mm. how you learn it. Well, there's reading a room, but then also knowing how to 
execute it like yeah. reading a room and going okay what would suit this right now yeah so when i um because i work at birdies and they do all the your shot competitions Ooh. and i'll dj afterwards and then all the your shots i've got so many your shot kids being like what tips have you got man i said dude learn how to read a room and don't be a dickhead yeah don't be a cocky Two i'm, a, ones, I'm yeah. a dj yeah if you can do those things you will have more gigs than you can handle yeah because if if you want to play drum and bass at 9 30 at a at the Elephant Hotel, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to work, and they're not going to call yeah. you back. Yeah, that's it. It's got to be appropriate. And yeah. You've got to learn what that is, and you know, people always say, "Oh, how do I get a gig at this venue?" And I'm like, "Well, like, have you? How often do you go there? Oh, I go there all the time. What time do you go? Oh, mm. I usually get there like twelve thirty, one o'clock. It's like, no, nah, man, you got to like, you got to mm. see what else. Like, and that's not when you're going to be playing. Exactly, if it's your first that's gig. that's the first thing. So you've got to go and you've got to experience the other parts because yeah. if you just submit a mix that's a banging headliner set. Yeah. And you got to pay and, your dues. Like, yeah. Like, you can't just go straight into headlining. Yeah. Um, and, and you also shouldn't because you need to be sort of ready for that so that when, look, you, you, you have certain opportunities where a really good gig comes along and yeah. you want to absolutely crush it. So, I, I, I see a lot of DJs are like, oh man, I only play this music or I only want a headline. And yeah. it's like, well, it's that you can't. Two things. One, that's hard to do. Like you need to pay your dues. And two, you actually, if you want to have this as your full-time income, playing a one-hour set once a week at the biggest club is actually not going to support that. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to have other things then you're doing. Yeah, you got to do your pubs. You got to do this. You got to do like just just the ego gets in the way. Like, man, I used to do, I would do, I would drive from Woolloongabba out to Eden's Hill for a 45-minute set come back to like the valley or like Capulet or something and play there and then close at Stocky. So you would be doing 9 p.m. till 5 a.m. Yeah. Friday and Saturday. And then mm. Thursday you do three or four hours. Like yeah. at one point- Maybe I was, a Sunday Arvo too. Yeah. At one point I was yeah. DJing six nights a week, Tuesday yeah. through Sunday. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah, man. But for sure. you got to do it. When I was at uni up in Townsville, I think when I did like full-time for a while, I was doing, I do Tuesday nights because that was a big student cheap night in the city. Yeah. So do Tuesday nights, Thursday nights at the uni club because that was the big student night at uni. And then Friday, Saturday, generally not a Sunday. Mm. But like I used to have the graveyard shift on Saturdays like till five. Yeah. And then I'd have to get up on like Monday, I have to get up at eight for a lecture, or eight o'clock lecture. That's brutal. So like I just literally have to go home on a Sunday and like sleep till like 10, 11 and mm. then just get up and be tired the whole day and like stay up and then go to sleep at a normal hour. So like yeah. I just reset the body clock like yeah. Sundays were the absolute worst one of the other things is that if if one of the hardest things to do is be a warm up DJ oh yeah headlining is not that hard no. headlining you just play bangers you can play whatever you want yeah. and because there's such a big crowd you can play some weird shit and if they don't know it it's okay because there's such a big crowd and they're drunk by then warm up well. is hard yeah. warm up you have to get people from not dancing at all yeah. to ready for the headliner yeah and but not too, not too, not excited. too hard. Yeah, not too because hard. then you'll ruin the headlines, and also they'll run out of energy and then stop dancing. Yeah, and uh, that's one of the things that I was probably really good at, and have done a lot at birdies and like famous yep. and those and hot gossip where you can warm up the crowd so it's energetic, but it's not too energetic, mm. but it's not too slow that it's boring because it's very different to a closed set. And I think if you can be a good warm up DJ, you'll get heaps of gigs. Yeah. And you'll do a headline every now and then, and yep. that's fine. But I actually like I, I, there's there's a challenge in warming up that I kind of like opening and warming up. I think they're like to the, warming up's harder. Well, opening like sometimes there's no one there for the whole set. Yeah, like, <laughs> depends. It's true sometimes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know you want to sort of get it. Mm. I suppose you want to warm it up for the warm up 
person so they don't have to go yeah. from an empty dance floor to yeah to something you know have like a few 10 people. till 12 is is crucial yeah if you can crush that and and the thing is depends on your personality the warm DJ doesn't get any respect they don't get recognition yeah they go oh the headliner's here make some noise for blah blah and there's a crowd but the the important people will know how you're reliable you are like yeah. the general managers and the other DJs and people in the entertainment industry and even a lot of the headliners who come through like they will if someone's done a really good warm up Definitely. for them they'll be like man that was sick. like mm. thank you that was good like you've you've if, set the scene for for me to come and smash it now absolutely if I was going hard and DJing still mm. I would probably become like the warm up guy yeah so that when you know fucking Calvin Harris or these or whoever big dogs come they're like this guy has to play before him yeah and yeah. that's a niche that not many people are doing everyone wants to be the headliner yeah but but they're so competitive and it's all kind of the same and maybe this is bad advice but if it were me I would become that guy who yeah. could just they could count on and you'd be the warm-up person yeah yeah for all the big gigs that come for in all the and big stuff ones, like yeah. that yeah yeah, it's tough to do though, you know. Like you said, it's one of the harder sets mm. to really nail. But if you get it, you'll have so many gigs. And it's so much of that reading the crowd, isn't it too? Because Big like time. you've got to warm them up and it depends on the artist who's there and that'll change who the crowd is that comes to see it Yeah. and the, the genre they play and how hard do they play or yeah. you know, are they real, a bit more chilled and funky? So what do you got to do? I have to do, do it every week. I have to do two warm-ups in one set because what happens is I'll play a birdies from 9 till 11 or not, or not like let's say 9 till 12. And you play nine till ten thirty, and you get you get a bit of a crowd, and sometimes it's going well. And then at ten yeah. thirty, they open upstairs, so that Toddy comes on the mic and says, "Upstairs is now open." So you lose everybody. Yeah. So then you fucking start again, yeah. and you start again from ten thirty to twelve, or ten thirty to eleven, or whatever. And then you have to do it twice, and it's kind of like, "Ah oh, man, I just yeah. had him," and then you got to do it again. But if but because I've sort of mastered that, you can you can get a gig whenever you want. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's if you can become that guy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think it's interesting you said um, like virtual DJ you started on. Like that's mm. like the number of people who have been on this show that tell me that they started on virtual DJ is yeah. actually like ridiculous. More than any other thing, people start on virtual DJ. Yeah. More than Tractor, Serato, CDJs. I think it's one of the only ones you can use without a controller. Like you yeah. can sort of click around. And-, and it also has DJ in the name. So if you don't know anything yeah. about it, virtual DJ, like – yeah, you're not going to have Serato. Like, that sounds that? like it It must be for DJing. Like, yeah. I'll download that. And I think, it, is it free? Or is it, I think it is. Knows? But it's funny because it's like, I mean, it's if so. If you use it, no one takes you seriously. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, nowadays, like, I feel like all the other like, controllers and the other stuff is yeah. so much more well known, especially through your shot and all that kind of stuff that it's yeah. sort of like, well, virtual DJ, you know, it's. I don't like, know if they've like evolved or innovated. I have no idea. I remember I've only ever seen one guy in a club use it. Man, we should set it up one time and everyone try and use it. Like, surely you can, it must have some MIDI. Mate, just hit sync and you're good to go. Virtual DJ. I'm going to send you this video. You should sponsor us and we'll do some shit. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make you if great you, again. Make around, virtual DJ so great again. even around, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's cool. Um, I, I love that sort of mentality of what you're talking about is a bit like getting that, nailing that warm-up spot that, like we said, is so important. Yeah. Um, people don't even think about that when they, and like I said, people go, Oh, no, I, I usually get there 12, 30, mm. 1 o'clock. And if you can play a good warm-up set, you can play a banging headline set. Mm. You know what I mean? Headline set's easy. Headline's easy. You can Anyone scream can banana into the microphone and they'll go, Yeah, Woo! yeah. <laughs> and you can just play all the most popular or whatever like yeah. you know, that you've got. You can play the same song three times, one set. Like it's, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, <laughs> with respect to headline DJs, because you yeah. can fuck up a headline set where, oh, you just, yeah. where you just do not read a room at all. Yeah. It's funny. We've actually found that um, when we have like a celebrity 
and the guests, their their official DJ DJs, they suck. Yeah. Because they'll like play what they want to play, and sometimes that just does not work. Yeah. I remember we had to kick Danny Brown's DJ off because he was just awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And th- sometimes like the residents, because they know the venue so well, they know the customers. That's it. Yeah. They do a really good job. Like some venues, it's better without guest DJs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because the residents are so yeah. And also because Brisbane is so one-dimensional on like the music that they want. It's like yeah. <laughs> I I love DJing, but the the more you do it. And you sort of get frustrated with like how much people do not want change. Yeah. They want top 40. I remember I was explaining it to my niece or something. And I was saying, imagine painting the same painting every day. Yeah. And when you tried to paint a different one, they go, no, no, do that one that we like. One that we like. Yeah. Do the old one. And then you're like, okay. And then you start, you know, so I, I wish. That some, well, it depends on the venue, but I wish that people were more open-minded to hearing new things. Like when I was in Melbourne, I was at a bar and I didn't know a single song that was played, but it was great vibes and I was having fun. I, I, lo- like, I love that so much. That is absolutely my favorite thing to yeah. go somewhere and not know any of the songs. Yeah. But as long as it's good, it has to be good. Like yeah. you can't go and know none of the songs and they're all like terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like it's going to be good, but I, I would actually prefer that than hearing you know, the same level of quality, how much I like the songs. Yeah, yeah. If I don't know them as if I do, because I just, I don't know, I just enjoy it Yeah, better. It's like, it's like surprising, want... you know, like yeah. you don't know what's going to come next. I always laugh because I was thinking, when I was, when I'm, when you're playing, you know, Be Faithful, Yeah, Usher, all that stuff. I'm like, do people listen to this at home or in their car? Mm. Like, because I was like, how after all this time is this still what people want? And then I thought maybe they only hear it in a club. And because they don't go clubbing off or that often, it's exciting when it comes on. Like, do people yeah. listen to Be Faithful by Fat Man Scoop in their car? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who knows? It's sort of like a, that nostalgia thing for a lot yeah. of music, I think. Um, R&B Fridays, Hit When I Fire, I, I hate that they did that because it just like made us, we were just sort of escaping, having to play the same things every weekend. And it's yeah. like, Hit When I Five is like, R&B Fridays, like, oh, yeah. it's not even R&B. It's just like... <laughs> It's so, it's so interesting too because I can't remember. I was just on another podcast um, during the week and um, I was talking to them about how it used to be like the club scene like 15 years ago almost, you know, like mm. in the mid-2000s and that when a lot of tracks, the only way you could get them and play them and hear them was if you bought one of the 10 that came in on vinyl Yeah, to, you know, to, to whatever record store you were going to. So there's only 10 copies in Brisbane. So if you're at home, you can't listen to that track. Right. Like it's, you know what I mean? The internet wasn't as, you know, diverse in finding all the music that you can. Yeah, and a couple of years after that, I remember um, I'd hear a song on Triple J and you'd have to email them like, hey, you played a song around like 4, 12 p.m. It kind of said these lyrics and they're like, oh, it might have been one of these. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it was like, you know, you didn't have this. You could just listen to any song in the world you want at any time. So if you were out and someone was... Mitch was playing, you know, a set and you heard a song that you like that you loved mm. and that song was one of the ones that there's only 10 that have come in. There's only 10 people in Brisbane who you can hear that from. Yeah. And so you would go out because Mitch is playing because I know I heard him play that track on that white label that I know that no one else has. Mm. So the only place that I can literally hear that is to go to Friday's, you know, Stockies yeah. wherever you're playing and see you play because only 10 people have it. Yeah. Whereas now it's <laughs> That's totally- That's before my time, I think. Yeah, but now it's the total opposite. It's yeah. like everyone can hear it anytime, anywhere. Yeah, now it's like, I've got Spotify. Look, play this from my phone. Yeah. Fuck off. 
<laughs> sorry, but am I not why, meant to swear? I no, swear. you can say oh, whatever you want, man. No, no, go for it. <laughs> but like that's it, it used to be so different because you literally would go there because you're like, I can't hear that song anywhere yeah. else. Like, and it was so it was such the opposite of I can't mm. listen to it anywhere. That's why I want to hear it. Not I listen to this all the time, so mm. I want to hear it. So And that's why I always liked like Magic City and Mystique because they were yep. the only places you could go to hear actual like R and B yep. hip hop music. Yep. Whereas, you know, Everywhere says they play R and B, but it's not. Even, it's not. It's no just. Way. It's just top forty. I don't R&B. think anywhere really plays R and B. Like famous, you know, famous still would play. Famous R&B. actually, I love famous playing it famous would, yeah, because yeah. it's like ah, oh, there's. It's you know, just I a haven't. Hot... I haven't been in there since it's famous. I remember awesome. when I remember when it was hot gossip like mm. ages ago, and I was someone mentioned it the other like week. They're like, oh, I remember hot gossip, and I was like, yeah, what. Like, mm. What is that place now? Like, where is it? And then someone was like, "Oh, it's famous." So Dude, I was like, "Oh, sick. that's where." It, I was like, "Really? They're the same place?" And yeah, they like, renovated it like crazy. It's it's. Probably my favorite place to go to. It's yeah. it's so much fun, and the music's like. So the side room is all old school, actual R and B, like actual, yeah. not you know like real cool like slow jams. Well, not just slow jams, just like yeah, like o- old R and B. Yeah, not like the then, modern R and B. Yeah, but then the main room's like it's got really. it's more hip hop, but it's not yeah. just Chris Brown. They'll also play like YG, and they'll play like Logic, yeah. and they'll play like all sorts of like yeah, cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the yeah popular top forty sort of yeah. When they're like R and B night, be faithful. It's like oh <laughs> yeah, or like yeah, ride with me by Nelly. It's like, do you have anything else? Yeah, like that. I like those songs, but good lord, how many times have I heard that? How many times you heard Yeah by Usher? It just reminds me of commercial <laughs> like. You know, it, to be honest, it reminds me of going out when I first started going out, like the mid two thousands. Like, maybe that's why people like it. But and that's what I was into back then, all that stuff. You know, yeah, because I that's wasn't when it a dance out, music. Fifteen years later, when yeah. it's like good. Lord. I wasn't a dance music guy back then. You know, yeah. And we hadn't had the big EDM. Mm. You know, Funnily enough, I started with house music. Yeah, like Ministry of Sound. Ministry of Sound two thousand seven yeah, classic was maybe the best one they ever did. Yeah, two thousand eight was good, and then it started to go a bit weird. Um, yeah, but. That's where I started and I actually learned to DJ. Oh, I had a bunch of different things. I had controllers and then I had um, a turntable and then I had these CDJs. But I would play with uh, songs. I didn't know what the songs were, which helped me beat match better because yeah. you didn't know what the song was and you sort of had to figure, figure it out. out. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. The first time you're learning how to beat match, like, is it forward or backwards? That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. But then learning how to DJ with songs that I didn't know and not having like perfect intros and stuff made it really much better when you had songs that you did know and you could like get the intro files with the 16 bar yeah, intro yeah. and stuff like yeah. that yeah that's and a tip for anyone wanting to do like commercial and like the hip hop sort of get like intros make it laugh you get intros yeah because I had a, a friend who was like he's never done like commercial does like house stuff and he's like oh I'm going to try play some commercial and he like grabbed someone's USB that had like commercial songs on it yeah and it wasn't any intro edits or anything like that oh if you can mix songs without an intro it's tough but that'll yeah, yeah that'll when you but get but he's intros, having a go and he's like I can't do this. This is so hard. Like, how do you guys like do this? And I was like, I oh, do like commit. Like, are they just original like ones? And he's like, yeah, yeah, there's tracks. I was like, oh, well, most people get edits. Like, you know, there's actually a bit more, there's more research and work in some of the commercial stuff sometimes than doing it with, you know, like, yeah. a, like a tech house set. Like you don't have to find those intro edits or anything. You know like what's that. funny you about those the, house tracks is yeah. like, how fucking long they are it's like eight minutes and either side it's like a three minute intro and a three yeah. minute why do house djs do that it's like three minutes of just a beat 
Oh man, I just listened to because um, I just said I was on a podcast. I went on the Flawless podcast, and it's um you choose an album, and then we all discuss it, right? And then choose if it say if it's flawless or whatever. So everyone has to listen to it. Logic's new album is a banger. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I I um I chose for one of them Dead Mouse's um random album title, right? Which is like because all the people on that show were actually just like more into sort of I suppose live music and bands yeah. and stuff. So for them that was so weird because there's like nine minute tracks and it's the same exactly what you said. It's like yeah. two minutes of drums either side of the yeah. actual track and it's so progressive and slow building. Um, so that was interesting to take them into a different world. They're like, yeah. oh man, if they got rid of the drums, I could listen to this album like start to finish. But What's like your favourite genre as in not stuff that you play, like stuff that you listen to by yourself? <sighs> hmm, that's interesting. I try not to listen to... Too much. This is a weird thing to say, but I try not to listen to too much music right. um, lately um, to try and not be influenced for when I'm writing. Right. Um, so, like, because I don't play gigs all the time, I don't have to, you know, like mm. listen and find all the new tracks and everything. So when I get booked for a gig, um, that's when I'll just do like a deep dive. Like I'll know some new tracks and stuff that come out, but I really try not to be too heavily influenced by yeah other music um but in here we because we're in here recording artists and doing work for other people all the time so like i've been listening to like i don't even know what to call some of it like Mm. bass music that's like a bit indie pop and then like sometimes we get rappers in and we listen you know do hip-hop stuff and Mm. johnny sort of makes a bit more sort of progressive you don't have a favorite not really man i've always loved all music i mean Mm. like i love like dance music like Mm. house tech house sort of stuff that's my like vibe yeah um, these days i like that weird sort of dirty bird shit um which i suppose is something that you can't really play at a lot of places here anyway mm. so that's something that i love like i like weird different music yeah stuff that's not your top 40 and that and even like house stuff that's like a bit different and weird yeah um but i'm really loving like sort of more disco-y stuff lately um this goes always fun yeah yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't listen to the radio. Um, most of my time now is actually spent when I'm like at work with earpods in, is listening. Yeah, to- the radio these days is either mumble rap or like really depressing love songs, like yeah, kind of like that Angus and Julia Stone vibe, but like yeah, not as good as they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just but really yeah, so stash. I don't like I don't listen to heaps of music because. We, I tend to, you know, listen to stuff people send me and I'll listen to promo stuff I get sent every now and again. But until I'm actually like booked for a gig, I don't do huge deep dives into finding music and stuff like that, hmm. um, which is, a, you know, most people are like, really? Like, and to be honest, I just don't really have a lot of time. It's a lot of work, man. Yeah, to exactly. Find, and then you got to find the intros and then it's funny. Yeah. You search a song and it's like, here's 16 remixes. I'm like, where's the original with an intro? Yeah. And which one's like, which one's the best if any of them are good? Like, yeah. are any of them good? And you got to go listen to them all. Like, yeah. Um, I think probably when I am looking for music, um, I rely pretty heavily on Spotify and my mm. discovery list. Yeah, Spotify's great because it can just because it knows what I like and stuff. Like, when I listen to my discovery list, I'll probably have, I think you get what, 20 songs in a playlist or something. Oh, the uh, Discover Weekly thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think I probably would save about 15. Yeah. I you should, know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's pretty – There's always like, great stuff in there. I keep. But raising. that's what I do mainly. Like I'll probably listen to that every week and I'll put those songs into f- some folders, mm. you know, like playlists or whatever on Spotify 
And then after a few weeks, I'll have like all these playlists of different ones that I've enjoyed. Yeah. Um, and then when I have a gig, I just go through, check out my new discovery and release radar, check out all those playlists for the songs I've you know, liked in there. Mm. Um, and then go looking for different weird stuff. Yeah, cool. But like not, it's, you know, I'm not like actively searching out music every week. Like I will listen to my discovery list mm. uh, every week and then just choose what I like. And then it's sort of like I've got like this bank of music that I really enjoy. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can go into those playlists if they're big enough and find, you know, how it recommends stuff then. Mm-hmm. And then just go like, you know, looking yeah, recommendations and stuff like that. And like. you just end up with a heap of tunes there and it's like, man, that's a, that's a set. Like that's easy when you're yeah. only playing once every two weeks, three weeks, four weeks or something like that, yeah. um, <clears throat> which is good. It, it means that it, I stay interested because I don't have to play the same stuff mm. every week and I'm not constantly like, oh, that, that tune worked really well last time. I'm going to play that. Oh, it's dude, like, when I play a song that like I like in a club, it yeah. feels awesome because yeah. you get to hear a song on a big sound system and then they're like, <laughs> it's funny when the general manager will come up and he doesn't want to say play cheese. But yeah. he'll say it in the way like, hey, so we've got a group like we're thinking about. Like, it's like, yeah. just say it. Do you just want me to sell it, out? Just say it. <laughs> say it. Just I'll say play it. fucking Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And I like I used to do like a lot of those like kind of probably more commercial like small bars and stuff like that. Yeah. Like I used to do little cocktail bars and places that do dinner and stuff as well. And I even was doing like the races for a while and some of the tents and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and man, just – I don't know, I just get over it. Mm. Play, you know, playing that that same stuff. Actually, one really cool one I did though was I played, you know that, um, oh, it's called, is it called, it's not, milk, the milk shed or whatever. You know over where, near the showgrounds, mm. where they have all those food trucks come now? There's like the Bavir- the Belgian Oh, on Cafe King there. Street? I think so, yeah. And there's that big, massive. The Mexican place on, the, on that strip? Could be. There's a heat, they have like all food trucks come every now and again. Right. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, and there's like a, there's a place down the back called like the milk shed or something. And it used to be the old shearing shed or no, it used to be a lot right. of milk sheds for like the cows, like milking cows and stuff in that area. Mm. Um, and it's like a gin bar, but they were like, oh yeah, we're doing like um, Saturdays when there's stuff on, um, but just come in and like sort of play commercial or whatever and just, we don't really know what they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just keep the vibe It's a going. gin bar. And so it ends up coming in, all these people coming in and I'm like looking around and I'm like, man, like looks like this crowd with like you know, 90s kind of stuff. Mm. So yeah, sweet. Play a few like 90s tunes and it's like starting to go around. I'm like, oh, sweet. I'm like, I might just play 90s hip hop for mm. the rest. You know, like 80s, 90s sort of like hip hop. And so just like old, old 90s hip hop and like went off, man, just because mm. it was, you know, like the right crowd and stuff like – and they were sort of the manager was like, "Oh man, no one's ever played anything like that in here." Mm. He's like, "I don't know what the owners will think." He's like, "But like, you killed it, like you know." Yeah, that's what I recommend. Everyone to- was into it, like everyone was drinking and loving it because it was that old hip hop vibe. Everyone knew all the tunes. Yeah, but like I think they usually have like because it's like a gin bar. They usually have more like piano jazz and like you know like real smooth, classy sort of stuff. And I'm just just up there like yeah, mm. dropping like. Old, you know, old '90s stuff. Yeah, if you're a venue owner, I recommend switch, getting a DJ who's not what you're used to, because you never know. Because I've had at the least same to thing. try it. Yeah, yeah, I've had the same thing because I'm predominantly hip hop DJ, well, almost entirely. Yeah, and um, 
But you can still play hip hop and still have that fun. It doesn't have to be. You're not playing yeah. NWA every track. You know, yeah, like you can yeah. still have fun, upbeat stuff. And yeah, I've had yeah. a lot of good feedback playing hip hop. They're like, man, no one plays like that. Yeah, here that was yeah. really good. Can you do that again? I was like, yeah, man, that's what I do. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I really enjoy if there's a place where I can go and play like old hip hop. Yeah. I'm not interested in playing, you know, new stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know any of it, but. It's fun sometimes when the club is cranking, but like, yeah, Yeah. my my favorite genre is boom bop, which is like that 90s East Coast kind of vibe, like Nas, Keras One, Wu Tang. um, Yeah. That kind of like real just head bopping, easy listening kind of sound. Yeah, for sure. And all people like people under the stairs and uh, Jay Z's old stuff and all that just, oh, um, Grand Pooba, like all that. I've got a playlist that I made. Just, I'll just send you yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. Do it. But just all that, just kind of like, Tribe Called Quest, that kind of stuff. Q-tip, Fucking awesome. all that. Did you, did you see them when they... Um, no, I wish. Yeah, at Family, I think it was. Yeah. No, and apparently also at Ohio, they had DJ Craze and DJ Premier at the same time, which I missed. Uh, like, sometimes I don't understand, like, even being part of the industry, how I miss some of these things. Like, I know, right? You know, it's like, how... like. Where was that? Like, yeah, I was talking. I think I was talking to Cutloose, and he was. I was playing DJ Premier, and he's like, "Hey, did you see him when he went to Oh Hello?" I was like, "What? What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did I not see that?" Yeah, so random. Like, yeah, I, then, I like, suppose sometimes they get like, you know, like with bookings and stuff, like doing tours and stuff. Sometimes people tack on like a Sunday or you know, or yeah. like some random event because um, it's cheap or whatever, and they'll just you know the artist will do it. So, like, I've had times where like Stamp Warriors were like, "Man." We'd love a midweek gig, and it's like, we guys want to fly up here and just come and like drink and play at this club, and we'll just get free piss. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, all right." And so they just flew up here, and so I think it was a random like Wednesday night on like in December sometime, and we just literally went to I think press club mm. with them and like a few like people, and they just came, got yeah. a bo- got a bottle, played a few shit. Like they played for like half an hour or some shit, but like and they just got on the piss with everyone. Like, yeah, I sick. remember. Um- yeah, I remember Jaron Benton. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like this real dark rapper. He's yeah. rapped like Hobson and stuff. He was randomly, I just saw a thing. Oh, Jaron Benton, that Woolly Mammoth. I'm like, what? Yeah. How did I, I was already booked. I was like, how did I miss that? Like, yeah. stuff like that's so cool. Some of the coolest people that I've met, um, B.O.B. was really cool. Yeah. He was a hot gossip. Um, Jessica Malboy is so much fun. I know that's random, yeah. but she was awesome, man. Yeah. And then other people like, you know, what's her name? Tanashi. She was a brat. Um, some people are like, it's kind of disappointing when you meet someone. Yeah. But some people are sick. Like, some people you wouldn't expect. I know. And that's always the best, hey. Yeah. When, when you meet people like that and you're like, oh, man, that person's actually really, like, really cool. Like, I love, yeah. I love talking and, like, hanging out with them. And yeah. back when Justice Crew were big, they were awesome. They'd yeah. come in, they'd have so much fun, and they, they were sick. And then, um, yeah, I remember, even though it was awesome to play with B.O.B., so Lupe Fiasco is one of my, like, favorite rappers of all time. And I, I he was the first album I ever bought. Yeah. First rap album I ever bought was Lupe Fiasco's The Cool. And he was playing, it was Lupe Fiasco, Nelly, and B.O.B. at the River Stage. And Lupe was meant to come to Hot Gossip. And I was DJing. I was like, oh my God. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to fan. I shot on the set. Like, I love Lupe. I got like 20 Lupe songs ready to roll out. And then last minute, it's like, Lupe's not coming. I was like, fuck. And then they're like, B.O.B.'s coming. They're like, yeah, it's still cool. but That's still cool, yeah. I don't sound ungrateful, but I really wanted to meet Lupe. Yeah. I love Lupe Fiasco. Oh, that'd be sick. And then there was um, oh, there was rumors when what was it Laneway last year and J was JID at Laneways Laneway I can't remember, I but they know. were like, oh, he he might come to famous. I was like, oh my god, how do I? I yeah. love him, JID or Jid, whoever. Everyone says it differently, but yeah. I love him. He's part of Dreamville, 
And then J. Cole was concept was the best, one of the best days of my life. I was stone cold sober, but I wanted to be because I love yeah. J. Cole. He's my favorite artist of all time ever. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, if he comes I want to remember every moment of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, that was the best concert ever. Some of the best, con J. Cole's concert was sick. I saw Snoop Dogg in Bali. That was amazing at Potato Head. And oh, was my man, first that'd be sick at Potato Head. Dude, yeah, it was amazing. That's my first time ever Where was ever. he performing at? Like there. Like where the pool is? Yeah. So like this beach is behind all, him. Yeah, beach behind the yeah, pool. So and the then there's all the, like, all the little... Yeah, that was that whatever, was sick. And that was my first time overseas. And I got off the plane and went to the concert. So oh, I was man. like, this is the sickest thing yeah. ever. So I'm first time experiencing like a different country and Snoop Dogg and that a cool sick. venue. That would have been so sick. Um, and T-Pain was amazing. I saw that in Papua New Guinea. Super random. I was DJing over Papua there. Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Bro, that <laughs> so is a random. hardcore place. I don't recommend going there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least Moresby. I think the other rest of the country is beautiful. But more, actually, funny story about that. <clears throat> I went with Patrick from Famous because he, he he was um, – we do a lot of things where I would DJ and he'd MC because <clears throat> we both like to party and have, have yeah. a bit of fun. He's, he's yeah, an amazing yeah. host. He's the best MC I've ever seen. You can just host, and he can speak different languages. He's amazing. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> um, and then we went to more. He goes, "You want to come to Moresby?" And I was like, "I mean, not really." He goes, "What's your passport number?" I was like, "Fuck, okay, I guess we're going." <laughs> I guess we're going. <laughs> and then uh, we were there for two nights. And on the first night, we had fun, and then came back. And then he's texting the guy. He said, "Hey, we're we're playing again on set tonight." Do you want to come? He goes, oh, yeah, but it'll just be the three of us instead of four because whatever his name got stabbed with a screwdriver last night. So he's not coming. <laughs> and then we're like, wait, wait, wait. Stabbed with a screwdriver. Like, don't, don't pretend like you didn't say what you just said. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Back up a little bit. Can you not tell us Someone that? got stabbed. Like, we're there for two nights. And one, so there's a 50%, at this rate, there's a 50% chance that someone's going to get stabbed. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah, that, it's hectic, man. I don't know if you've ever been to Moresby. Like, the hotel... You're staying out. There's barbed wire. There's people with AK-47s at the front letting Fuck. you in. The driver's got a pistol under the seat. There's no stoplights. There's no traffic lights because someone might carjack you. And I remember there's. I remember there was a billboard like, like three times the size of this room. Huge billboard with an eight-step process on how to wash your hands. Jeez. Like there, yeah. there, it was. A, it was just like, man, what is happening? But the thing is, because there's lots of mining over there, the, the accommodation is like really expensive. So there's like homeless people, but then really expensive accommodation. It's just it was. An experience. It's two like, opposites in the one spot. So yeah, I'm glad like, I saw it. Two extremes, yeah. Damn. Oh, and it's a really funny story. So when we were DJing the first night, um, oh, the, the people there, they took us out to a Japanese restaurant, had a bunch of sake, so we were kind of, yeah. we were faded. Getting pretty loose. And then uh, we were DJing and we were playing, I think Patrick took over DJing. He was playing All Night Long by Lionel Richie. That's by Lionel Richie, right? I can't oh, I remember know, one of them. I know the one you mean though. And they're singing like, man, but the, there's lights like this and there's lights on us and it's like, man, what's going on? And then we just found out the club was closed <laughs> and there were cleaners in there and we were just like, woo! Can't even see. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> no yeah. one's even there. Like, man, where's everyone going? And they all left. The club closed like 20 minutes ago. That's hilarious. Just keep yeah. partying and start your own little party. Fun story, but yeah. And then, he, little after and then party. he said, hey, you want to come back? I was like, bro, no. <laughs> not really. <laughs> Sorry. I'm glad I went, but damn, I'm not going there again. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Some crazy stories, man. Um, I remember we were just when I asked you to come on this show, we were talking about that that night at <laughs> at Stockies where some random dude came in with just like hundred dollar bills, like throwing them everywhere and shit. Yeah, he bought like the most expensive champagne from the bar, and he goes, "Oh, he puts his arm. He's so sweaty and gross. He was just like he was like a villain out of a cartoon. Yeah, puts his arm around. <laughs> he he's was. like, I'm so fucking rich. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. We were up, I remember we were up in the booth. Because oh, I think you played after me. I was playing first and then you were playing after me. And so yeah. he came up and like, I remember at one stage, he probably threw like 
$800 bills on the decks, like on the mixer, and was just like, take that, man, or something like that. And I was trying to be like all, you know, like... He was so drunk that he'd forgotten that he'd just given us money. Yeah, So he'd come back (laughs) and he wanted some song and I hadn't played it and then he'd give me money and then I'd play it and he'd give it to me again. And then, yeah, when he left, there was three $100 bills on the ground. Near I ended the up DJ taking bit. 200 bucks home off him because I ended up playing a song I had at least him. 300 Yeah, yeah. Because like, at the start, he put like 800 bucks on there. He was like, yeah, have this like place up. And I was like, yeah. I was like, no, man, I didn't. You know, I was trying to be like, you know, like, oh, man, I didn't need your money. Like, yeah, yeah, your yeah. money's no good here. Like, you know, that yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And then, because I was like, oh, maybe he's just had a win on the fucking pokies and he's smashed and he, you know, he's just trying to play a bit. I'm like, keep the money, man. Like, yeah. you know, like, you keep it. And then, like, later on, he's like, oh, yeah, play a song. And, like, gave me a hundred. And I was like, oh, I'll take you a hundred to play a yeah. song. And he didn't even give me a song to play. So, yeah. play me a song, <laughs> gave me a hundred bucks. I'm like, what you want? What? What oh, do you want man, me to play? Man, he's like, play whatever. <laughs> All right, deal. I made I like, more I'm money. I'm already doing that. Yeah, I made <laughs> like, more money from him than I did from the gig. Yeah, that was a good same. Night. I think I made like 500 bucks that night. Yeah, Just, I think I took about two, 300 home. Um, yeah. And he bought like, is it Stockies? Like not at like a flashy venue. And he yeah, bought, that's like, why it was weird too. Like yeah. is it Stockies? Like, and he goes, he's like, hey, buy a drink. I'll buy something and it costs this. I'm like, dude, I get it. You have money. Yeah, you have money, man. Like, <laughs> we understand. We get it. It's all cheap. <laughs> yeah. That oh, was man. that was so funny, man. That that I remember messaging you the next day and like, how much money did you end yeah. up with? Like, because yeah, because um, yeah, he was just throwing hundred dollars. Yeah, he was, playing, he, was, he was like requesting songs that like you were gonna play anyway. I'm like, yeah, and I yeah. just kept stroking his ego. I was like, dude, you are the man. Like, oh man, I was doing the total opposite to him, mate. Eh? I was uh, just like, I was like, you're sick, dude. Oh, yeah. man. I was he goes, doing I got it. I don't even know if he did, but he was, I can't imagine he will because he was so drunk. He was like, oh, fuck, good cop, bad cop. He parked outside, and I was like. I, don't think, I was like, dude, that's sick, man. You're the man. You <laughs> we were playing good cop, bad cop. You were stroking his ego and I was yeah. just like giving him nothing. I was doing it so much, I'm surprised. Like I was so obviously making fun of him, but yeah, you know, go for it. I'm so and fucking yeah, When rich. everyone's so dr- <laughs> if you're really drunk, like you don't even know if people are making fun of you at that stage. Yeah. That guy was the worst. He doesn't, he's probably not that self-aware. Yeah, I wonder what he's but doing But yeah, that, that was funny, man. Like I'll always remember that story of just... Just hundred like hundred dollar note like how often do you see a yeah, hundred dollar note yeah. like heaps of them yeah, heaps, of them. <laughs> heaps of them that was crazy man um yeah I, I want to talk a little bit about um like because like the app that you did yep. back in the day and all that and I'm sure you've talked about it on many business sort of you know podcasts or things like that mm. but tell us about that and sort of your entrepreneur sort of side because. You know, it is an interesting story. You know, a lot of people, I feel, in this in the DJ world, aren't very business orientated. Yeah, in which terms is such a that. waste because yeah, you have is. so much time available. Like yeah. you can make you can make a a good solid income as a DJ working three nights a week. Yeah, and even those three nights, it's like maybe some of them you do long, but some of them it's like you can make a good income off like ten to fifteen hours a week. Mm. Like you have all week. To do something else yeah. and they just spend it paying PlayStation or, yeah. and to all the glassies out there, because I respect how hard glassies work and they, mm. they get no credit. They're just cleaning up people's feet. They got the worst job. Yeah. But good on them for grinding it out. But then I see some of them like spend all their money on like drugs and alcohol. I'm like, what's the point of working this hard if you're just going to piss it away on yeah. cocaine? So anyway, like you can't afford that. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with not being able to afford that, but you, that's a waste of your money. Like, yeah. work this hard for something. But where I was going with that is the DJs, because I had so much time available, I love DJing, but I always love the business side of it. Um, and when I had my first business, I sort of learned the 
the basics and I saved up a Which bit of money. Which one was this? Was this the entertainment? The this was the entertainment company. Yeah, yeah. What well, uh, was it? Po- it was called Pogo Entertainment. Pogo, yeah, yeah. Stands for party or get out, I think. <laughs> 17-year-old yeah. ideas. Uh, but uh, then I saved up a bunch of money because the good thing is that DJing's not – you're contracted, right? It's not like you're 18 so you earn less. Like a, yeah. like a 17-year-old DJ can make the same hourly rate as a 35-year-old DJ. So I managed to save up 100 grand before I was 20. All right, like, let's stop right there because right. that's a big that's a big thing to, right. to do. And, and like, you know, when this COVID thing hit, I reached out to a, a number of people I know in the industry who are friends who DJ full-time, like that's their full-time thing. Yeah. And was like, hey, like, you know, are you going to be all good? Like what's the, you know, like have you got yeah. family support or anything? Like what's, have you got savings? And like a couple were like, yeah, no, like sweet, got savings. Like I planned for, yeah. you know, things like this. Like say I've got savings that can can last six months a year without yeah. working. Um, and some people were like, you know, most people were like, nah, man, not not really. Hey, no mm. family here or anything, you know. So it's, I think it does really contrast. Some people do think about that, you know, like save the money and that. Mm. And some, a lot of people, like you said, waste it doing, doing things and well, all that Well, it's also because the people that you are surrounded by when yeah. you're in the hospitality industry are party people. Yeah. So it's very easy to get sucked. Like if, if your five best mates are all like party people, you'll end up partying a lot. Yeah. And because it's, even though it takes ages to get good residencies, it's kind of easy money. Yeah. Like it, like even though that it isn't, but you know, you get paid eighty to one hundred bucks an hour for having fun and getting on the piss, and they're probably like, "Oh man, this is good," but that doesn't last forever. And the other thing is that, so I, I'm in two minds about this. I, you should you should learn about money from a young age. It's, I think it's weird. People like don't want to talk about money. It's weird. Mm. I'm like, I think more people should talk about it. Yeah, it definitely sh- needs to be. Yeah, you got to learn about taxes. You got to learn about savings. You got to learn about investing. That kind of stuff. And I've always been interested in that stuff. That's why I was like, I wasn't just saving, but I was investing in shares and learning about how that stuff works. And because I also would see, because I'd be 18 and I'd see DJs in the club who were like 35, and I'm like, there comes a point where you got to do something. You yeah, know what I mean? You can't just keep doing that. Like nothing wrong with being a 35 year old DJ, but you got to have some. You got to have some money saved up or, or yeah. something. You know something what I mean? Something else going on, yeah. Because you get too caught up in the hype. Because there's bottle service and there's girls and there's all this elaborate. And how lifestyle. long can you DJ for? Like really? Yeah. Like and be good and successful and make a good living kind of thing. Yeah. You know. And I also thought if I want to get rich, I need to either own like venues or become like a producer, which I didn't really want to do either of those things. Yeah. Um so I was like, okay, well I'll start exploring other things. And then um where was I going with that? I was living at home, so that's a big help. Not everybody yeah, yeah. can do that. So yeah. I'm not gonna pretend like I like I didn't expect rent. That's a big one. Yeah. But uh still don't Waste your money. Um, yeah, but that means that money you weren't spending on rent, you would probably be saving. 100%. Save yeah, all yeah. And the thing is, the same, it's not just DJs. DJs, I, f- I really feel for DJs, this whole COVID thing. It's, it's tough. Um, and that's why, like, when gigs are coming back, I'm like, I'm, I am normally like one of the main DJs at some places, but I'm like, you guys go for it. Cause I like, haven't hit anyone up for any gigs because of that reason. I'm like, I you guys wanna, do it. You, you like, do there's it. people out there like, I've got a full-time job still. Like, mm. you know, I've got other stuff going on. So I'm like, I'm not hitting anyone up for gigs yeah. at all because I'm like, no, you guys have it. Like, Plus, you, I do DJ for fun. Like, it's, yeah. uh, it's not, I don't really need that. that I think DJ is like, yeah, for fun too. For me, like I said, I only do it once every 
two yeah. weeks to a month. So of course it's got to be for fun. Well, yeah, obviously exactly. it's not for the money because if it was You'd for the money, I'd be doing yeah. it way more often. But yeah. I think like a lot of the people, this is a slight tangent, but a lot of the people that are complaining at the, at the very, like one week into venues being shut, they're like, oh man, what the hell? How am I going to do this? It's like you, I've seen you flex on social media. You'll be at bar 11 drinking $20 espresso martinis. You'll be out at brunch. You'll be buying nice clothes. You'll be yeah. like, the same people that are complaining about not having any money are the same people who are like flexing real hard on social media and that drives with, me up the wall. Money, yeah. And what's annoying is that instead of using this downtime to build your future and reevaluate your career and plan yeah. things out, they just spend it like getting drunk. Yeah. And I've seen promoters, I've seen these people like, they're like, oh, it's, you know, beer o'clock. It's like 10 a.m. I'm like, do something with your life. Yeah. Anyway. Start a podcast where you drink beers. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah. drinking. I was drinking beers at I think nine thirty the other Saturday with um, Badger because I had like when we had to organize it. So yeah. we started nine thirty. It's like, but it's part of a process. It's pro- yeah, yeah, it's productive. So start, and start, you can afford to have that beer. Yeah. Some people can't. So start something that incorporates drinking into it. Mm. That's what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, if you want to drink, at least do something productive with it. But yeah, I agree with you. Like, there's so many people who were in that headspace um, of you know, like down and, and, and exactly what you said, like you described that so mm. perfectly. Um, and I was just like, like, no, like it's now everyone's on a level playing field. Mm. And it's week one. Are you saying you don't have enough savings to survive a fucking week? Yeah. You need enough savings for three, at, at, at the least three months of savings before you learn about investing and all that kind of stuff, have yeah. at least three months of savings so that if you lose your job or something like COVID happens, you can survive for the next three months. Yeah. It's going to be you know stressful, but like you can do it. Yeah. And the amount of people I'm like one week. Yeah. And you're fucked. Like, man, yeah. you are flying too close to the sun. Because yeah, I have yeah. seen you buying bottles. I know who you are. Yeah, yeah. I've seen you buying bottle service and buying drugs and like doing all this stupid stuff and going out to nice dinners. And I think people just need they they live they spend Above everything there. Means, yeah. Well, yeah, either that or they spend everything there and they just they're just flying. Yeah. And I I think that's um really like irresponsible um so learn about money yeah <laughs> i think you got to find something you want to invest in that you're actually like interested in that you think you can make work as well well at least start by going where do i want to go like yeah. how much money do i need to not worry yeah work towards that yeah. don't be so caught up in like people, I, I, this is another thing i kind of is a bit controversial a lot of people like live in the moment because it's the only thing yeah. that's sure definite yeah. don't worry about the future, don't worry about the past. Just yeah. live it today because it could be your last day. Sure. But it's likely that it's not your last day and it's good to plan for the future. It yeah. doesn't mean sacrifice having fun now so that when yeah, you're 70, yeah. you can buy a master. It's the balance. <laughs> you got to find that balance. Yeah. And I think it just makes you less stressed and it also makes you help helps you make better decisions because when you're not forced to make some a decision based on money, you can yeah. build a life that you can be happier about. Anyway, slight tangent. That's no, um, good. This is this is the whole world I'm in at the moment. Right. Like, because yeah. with everything I'm doing with the podcast and the yeah. other events and, and other things I'm moving into, it's I'm so much in that that world now. And it's like yeah. like I was saying about something you enjoy that you should, you know, like if you're into shares, yeah, invest in shares. If you're into like property, get into property, you know, yeah. whatever you've got to find something you're into. This is like something that's a bit bit of a novelty, really. Or even but- if you're not into it, learn about what 
you might need to do. So you, yeah. don't, you don't have to like shares to buy shares. Just learn yeah. about index funds. But you don't have to do anything. You just buy a little bit and then it compounds. Yeah. And Or at least at the very least, learn how to save. Learn yeah. how to track your spending or just little bits yeah. like that. Because some, yes, yeah, I just, it was shocking how many people were screwed so quickly. Yeah. That are my age. Because they don't teach you this stuff in school. Yeah, and no. we live in a world of social media where you have to be living a really cool life. Yeah. So you got to buy a Gucci shirt and you got to go to, you know, cocktail bars where they charge $21 for a fucking yeah. Mai Tai. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like, but like, yeah, I just got like, I've literally just in the last two months gotten into like investing in Pokemon cards. Yeah. Like fully just bulk old school Pokemon yeah, cards. cards like, same as sports ones. cards. They seem to be really flying. Yeah, man. They're going mental. Like, but it's easy. Like you've got to enjoy it. Like, like there's yeah. no point getting, cause you've got to learn about it. Yeah. You've got to learn about what sets are like, you know, valuable and what's going to, you know, how That's many there like are. It's like a cash right flow, like flipping cards, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm doing sort of both. I'm doing ones where I'm, I'm flipping newer cards. So the newer ones are like buy a set of people who have selling a heap right. and get them cheaper. And then I'll sell them to people who are looking for individual cards for more. You know what I mean? Like do you to, think this is a trend or it's like a, like well, for example, do you want to sell your cards in the next sort of 12 months because in three years they might not actually be working? Well, so my plan at the moment is to do like the newer cards. They're the ones that I flip. So I, I'll just, you yeah. know, I'll buy maybe uh, 10 full art cards for $50, $60 and I'll sell each one for maybe... 15 20 30 dollars each mm. if i can find someone who needs it you know so it's just about finding people who have the right cards to buy and yeah. so that's like the short-term one but then like the long-term one is investing in like um old cards from 99 and for like anyone watching who's like set. what the hell cards it's a thing yeah yeah well like for example i bought a um i bought a bulbasaur from 1999 psa 10 so it's the top rated card like perfect card um and it's a shadowless so it's even more rare i bought it for 450 which is probably more than i should have paid for it like i probably should have tried to find it for 350 but like i've only had it for two weeks and someone's just offered me 550 for it right so it's like you know the older cards are gonna increase in value far quicker but they're more expensive yeah so it's like my plan is to like flip the newer cards to have cash to invest in the older cards to hold. So mm. I would actually like to hold that Bulbasaur longer, but it's crazy, man. Yeah. Buy exactly. a Bulbasaur like, as yeah, an investment. Yeah. But hey, it's a thing. It's not, yeah, I don't get exactly. it, but it's a thing. I, I, I don't, but I don't that's know the whole, that's the whole thing is that finding like, something you're interested in that you can invest in. Like if you're into music and you can find vinyls of like Rolling mm. Stones or something, and that's really valuable, like go for it. Or maybe yeah, you yeah. You know, model cars, or it could be anything. That's what I mean. That's why I said find something you're interested yeah. in that you can invest in. That you've got to do your research, though. But that's why you have to be interested because then the yeah. then the research is fun. You yeah. do the research, and then it's like, well, can I actually make money from this? Um, you know, so like like I said, I bought that Bulbasaur and thought this is pretty rare and it's pretty old. I think with that grading, there's only about two hundred in the world. Right. So it's like, you know, and. Next year's the 25th anniversary so of Pokemon. So, like, I'm sort of banking that next yeah. year things will go up as well. So, it's like I'm sort of in the mindset of like, do, well, do I sell it for 550 make $100 and reinvest in some maybe smarter picks that I think will be worth more? Mm. Or do I hold it and it's probably be worth a grand by next year kind of thing? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like you've got to sort of figure out what you want to do. But That's fascinating. But I think I can make some better purchases um, and sort of make more money from, right. from selling it and then getting it. So I'm and leaning it, towards selling at the moment. Yeah. If you're watching this and going, oh, I don't know what I'm interested in, you don't, like at least learn about the basics. Yeah. Learn about tracking your spending, saving, taxes. Any resources you'd recommend? Like I, I, I like the – I listen to the audio book and have the book of the barefoot investor. Yeah, that's a good starting point. I think that's point. a good starting point for some stuff. It doesn't yeah. give you the specifics on like how to buy shares and stuff, but it'll give you like the it basics. Gives you a good, it gives you a good sort of overview yeah. of even like tracking spending and yeah. like how to break things down for like, you know, the orange ING yeah. accounts and stuff and read, like that. And um, like, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a really good one. That's cool. like a good introduction into finances. The barefoot investor. The barefoot investor is a little basic for me, but that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's all that most But it's probably need. a basic for Yeah, yeah. You general we'll start with that. Your general public, if you don't want to if you don't want to heavily get in investing and business yeah. and finance and stuff, that's probably a good one just for your average yeah. person to to There's read a funny guy on to. YouTube who's actually fun to listen to who's called his name's Fun the channel's called Financial Education. Yeah. It's about shares. But he's like a millennial, so it's like not some yeah. old boring dude. Yeah, he makes like, it fun. A PE ratio with blah blah. It's not like that. It, yeah. it's, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, and just look at index funds. Look yeah, up index look funds up index funds at. or yeah. ETFs. Because they to perform do better than almost everything over time. Yeah, it's slow and it's boring, but if you just put a bit in, you'll over time compound yeah. interest. Look that up. Compound interest. Look yeah. up compound interest calculator and put some numbers in and you'll be like, wow. I remember, um, I think compound interest we learned in math C, but not in math B. And most people do math B in high school, right? Funnily enough, math A is the dumb one, but that's the most practical one. That's what I did. Yeah, it's totally more I don't more need practical. to know what fucking quadratics is. I'm not going to be an engineer. I need to learn yeah, about yeah. basic well, stuff. Well, I did math B and C just because I was really yeah. good at, like maths was kind of my thing, you mm. know, like, um, but yeah, we did got compound Interest and stuff is something that you do in like math C. Yeah, maths was not sure. my thing. Yeah. I'm bad at math. Yeah, yeah. Seven yeah. times eight. And it's times. so funny. Everyone used to be like, you've got to know your maths timetables. You won't have a calculator in your pocket your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like now we literally do have a calculator yeah. in our pocket. It's, yeah. Yeah, I think the, I mean, this is a tangent, but I think the most important skills, well, there's a couple of important skills these days. People skills is really important because everybody's mm. becoming so disconnected and nervous and shy. Communication, yeah. Yeah, communication, learning how to talk to people and work with people and lead a group of people is really yeah. important. If I was young, if you're going to uni or you're in school, just do something in like data science, artificial intelligence, yeah. um, software development. Like, Do not do a Bachelor of Arts, <laughs> please. Yeah, that's going to be a tough uh, – you can if you want, but uh, yeah, don't expect to be rich. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean like it's – yeah. Don't do a Bachelor of Arts. <laughs> Don't yeah. do a Bachelor of Arts. I did one term of business, not even a semester. Yeah. One term. And then I had a thousand word assignment on how I liked working in a group. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not paying for this because I had to pay for it because I had the money. So I just had to pay for it up front. It was like two and a half grand. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out. I was just trying to make my so grandma happy. Let's talk about how you saved that money then. Like it was like you said, you were living at home, so you weren't paying rent. Yeah. Um, you obviously, like you didn't go out for fancy dinners. You didn't, you didn't spend money on- Track your spending. Yeah, really important because if you're not tracking it, you're probably spending more than you think. Mm. Same if you track your diet, you realize how much shit you're eating. Yeah. If you track your spending, you realize how much you're spending. So yeah. there's a free app called Pocketbook. It links to your bank accounts and it'll just yeah. show you where you're spending money. Yeah. Each month. Categorizes them sort of. Into yeah. You can be like, oh, damn, I spent $750 on Uber Eats last month. Yeah. Um, yeah. Track your spending. Don't buy things you don't need. Like if you're like, eh, do I want this fucking Louis Vuitton 
not even like not even really expensive stuff like uh, like a bottle in a nightclub. You don't really need that. Yeah. It's gonna cost you three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Plus all the other stuff you gotta get. You can easily spend five hundred bucks in a night. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So don't buy stuff you don't need. Don't and don't worry about what other people think. Like I think a lot yeah. of the people there's a, in Fight Club. He says we work at jobs we hate to buy shit we don't need to impress people we don't like. Yeah. It's like don't worry about what your friends and stuff are doing on social media. If they yeah. want to spend all their money at brunch and pay fifty dollars for avocado on toast. Like go for it. I'm not saying never go out and have fun, but don't do it because someone else will think it's cool. And I yeah. know that sounds obvious and no one would ever admit that they do that, but I think a lot of people do that. Oh, a lot. Majority. And if you get a, if Majority you get a pay rise, of people. Yeah, exactly. If you get a pay rise, don't... Like if you get an extra gig, you don't have to then go and spend more money. Like if you're making 50 grand a year and then you make 70 grand a year, most people will move, in, move into a new place, buy a yeah. new phone, buy all this, that. So even though they're making more money, they're spending more and financially, they're not any better off. You can make a million dollars a year and still be broke. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. not about how much you earn. It's about how much you keep. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then and learn a bit about investing. But for most people, if they don't have money yet, that's too big of a jump. Yeah, just you learn, just got to save first. Track yeah. your spending. Know what you're spending money on. Or and, buy some Pokemon cards from me. Yeah, buy some Pokemon <laughs> cards. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a good price. <laughs> yeah. And also, yeah. Um, if you want to make money, you need to learn how to increase your income because, yeah. you know, you can do all the saving tricks in the world, but if you're only making 40 grand a year, it's kind of hard to yeah. save a lot of money. So you need to learn yeah. how can I increase my income, like things like Pokemon cards, like side hustles, like getting a different career. I've, I haven't had a boss. I've been self-employed since I was 17. So I'm 25 now. So I haven't had – it's always – I don't have a ceiling. And naturally, you know, sometimes you end up working more and making less because it's just how it's Yeah, been. yeah. But like if you work on a job that's 60 grand a year and that's it as far as you go and maybe after three years you go to 75, like that's tough. You can't, yeah. you got to learn how to make more money. Maybe it's a side gig, maybe it's investing. Yeah. Maybe well, it's that's something. like for me, like I work out of school and I've got a government job, yeah. which has been great for this period because it's, you know, so yeah. secure. Um, but like, you know, I'm on my max wage for that yeah and so that's why now it's about all right what else do i do yeah what are all these side things that i can do you know like that's steady it's just you know easy full-time sort of you know monday to friday thing yeah I get school holidays off and stuff like that so i've got time for music and other things and that and so yeah use your time wisely yeah like think about all the when i say you know all the time you spent not working how, what, what you could have done in that time but people are like oh well, i still want to have a life fair enough think about all the time you spent doing shit that you didn't even like doing that you could have spent on something else. So for example, you're bored and you watch Netflix and you didn't even like what you're watching mm. or you're scrolling social media. You don't even like what you're looking at. Yeah. Use that time for something productive because yeah. it's not even that really you cost, like. It's not even sacrificing your fun. It's like you don't even like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah, and, and, and don't be so caught up in what other people think or what other people are doing. Mm. Like you don't need to scroll so much. Like you yeah. don't like these people. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, that bitch. She, she doesn't even. It's like I've well, totally reframed social media for me. Like for me now, I'm not like I don't. I'm not a user of social media. Yeah, I rarely look at it. I'm like now I think of myself as like a creator mm. instead. Like so I'm not you know like I'm putting content out. I'm not actually yeah a user of it. And if I am going there to use, I'm going there to get ideas and to find things, you know like yeah actually look at what's working for other people and stuff. Like not not going to see just to scroll and yeah. mindlessly. I'm actually going for a reason to see what's you know what people are doing and what's working. Yeah. And get ideas. I think if you want to have 
what's that quote? If you want to do things like, if you don't want to be like everyone else, you go to the things that not everyone else does. Yeah. So if you want to stand out, you want to make more money, and you want to have a, you want to be happier, and you want to have, you're gonna to have to do things that are different to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. What everyone else is doing is binge watching Netflix, going out every weekend, scrolling social media, not reading books, not learning, not talking to people, not. Yeah. You know, you got to surround yourself with better people, and your friends will make fun of you. Yeah. Like, oh, you're old and boring. Or, oh, you don't come out on the piss anymore. It's like, yeah, I'm, you know, there's nothing wrong. Like, if you if you surround yourself with five alcoholics, eventually you'll become an alcoholic. Yeah. So who you surround yourself with, and not just who you surround yourself with, what you watch and consume. Yeah. Like, it's, imagine your, the universe is like an algorithm. So on YouTube, the more stuff you watch, the more things YouTube will recommend about that, Yeah. right? So if you're watching trash, it will recommend more trash. Yeah. And now your world is full of trash. Yeah. Whereas if you start doing other things, you mm. will invite more of that stuff into yeah. your life. Like if you go to the gym and everybody else is working out, you'll start working out. Yeah. And you might make some friends who work out. Work out, yeah. So yeah. I think one of the things as well for me was the reason that I was, you know, relatively had some good momentum early was that I surrounded myself with older people. Yeah. Like from 19, I was around Patrick, became one of my closest friends and he's yeah. like 25 years older than I am. Yeah. Owns venues, is much more mature. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if I hang out with young DJs who that's all they do, I might feel successful. But if I hang around with people who are way more successful than me, you go, I want to I want to get on their yeah. level. There's like yeah. a quote that's like, if you if you run a 100-meter sprint against 16-year-olds or younger, you'll win, but your time's not going to get yeah. better. Whereas if you keep losing or you're the, you're the, 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 with like the weakest link, if you're the least successful person in your friend group, you will become more successful. Yeah. So who you surround yourself with and what you consume on a daily basis is so important. And in hospitality, unfortunately, probably more than half of them don't take life very seriously. And that's fine. And I love my friends that do that. Yeah. But if you're surrounded by people who don't have ambition and yeah. just want to drink every day and yeah. don't do things, then you'll, you will eventually become that. And if you're happy with being that, that's cool. Like yeah. go for it. But if you want more from life, you're gonna to have to do shit that other people aren't doing, and you will probably get ridiculed for it. For it. Yeah. I always love the thing. It's like we take advice from people that we don't actually want to be like. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like if you want to do something, you should take advice from people who are doing that thing or have yeah. got that. You know. But people take advice from like you know people who aren't doing anything. Like imagine you got a close. drinking problem. Right, yeah. and you go to your friend who's an alcoholic. They go, "Oh man, fuck it, don't worry about it." Yeah. But if you talk to someone who's like, "Yeah, man, you got to fix. Here's how we can get yeah. over that. Let's make a plan." Yeah. You'll have a much different outcome. Yeah. And sometimes it's subconscious, like you adapt to the environment that you are in. So if you want to change your life, you need to change your environment. Yeah. Because otherwise, you'll just fall into whatever. Yeah. Our the, the reasons this is another tangent. The reasons that humans have survived so well is because we adapt to yep. what's around us. Yeah. So you will start adapting to bad shit if you're around bad shit. Yeah. Imagine you're. This is an exaggeration, but imagine five of your friends are drug dealers. Yeah. You're probably gonna deal with drugs in some way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's obviously not that serious, but you 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 are the sum of your five closest friends. Yeah. Exactly. And that's like honestly, that's why I love doing this podcast and getting people on like yourself and yeah. you know, other people in the industry who are like motivated and, you know, because I get to talk to people every week Yeah, who have that mindset. 
Um, and I feel bad. I don't mean to bash people. Like, I, I there's no judgment whatsoever. The only thing yeah. that I lack sympathy for or empathy for is people who... If com- they complain, then. Complain, but don't do anything about it. Yeah. If you're fat, but you want to get fit and you're put in the work, like, I, I like you when I see do it. when I see overweight people in the gym, I have so much respect. I'm like, fuck yeah, man! Like yeah. that, this is embarrassing and hard for you to do, yeah. and you had to make a choice. But I will back you 100. And it's way harder. Like you know, when you're unfit, it's way harder to do anything. It's way harder. But like, good on you, man! Like, but, but if yeah, you're like, man. I'm fat, but I'm not gonna do anything about it. It's like, but then you see him, But then you see him like, if you see like someone who's like that same weight, like at Macca's getting like a big meal or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm like the opposite of mine. Yeah. Oh man, really? Like, Go for it, but don't complain. Yeah, yeah. You have not earned the right to complain. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can totally do it, but I'm just like, oh man, like, yeah. Or people are like, I have no money, but I want to learn how to do this. I'm like, dude, and I, I love, I love not only seeing someone who wants it, but I love to help people yeah. who want to help themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What I fucking hate is people who just don't, Either complain and don't know anything about it, or like, oh, they're motivated for a bit. Hey, help me out to do this, and they want to. They want a shortcut. They just want to take, and they want the shortcut, the, the hack. They the want to catch up. Hey, I want to pick your brain for thirty minutes, and it's like, what? They want to answer. It's like, hack. What? What can I do in thirty minutes that's going to change your life? Yeah, it's. I'm, I can't. So yeah. you need to want it. Like this is random, but um, Darren Matilla. I don't know if you remember him. He was Matilla. He was a DJ. Yeah. He always had this great curiosity, and he was like, how do I do this? And, he, and I'd come back. I'd say, rec- I'd recommend a book. And he'd come back the next week, hey, I read it. I'm like, sick. sick like, yeah, got yeah. you, man. And I, and I want to help that person. Yeah, people who want to put the effort in, like, I've got so much time for them. 100%. Know? But yeah. then people who are just like, oh, man, I've got no money. It's like, what are you doing about it? Oh, fucking, yeah, job okay, people. It's like, That's hey. Like beers. I'm like, oh, man. man there, was, there was a point in time where, like, I was just doing Airtasker on the side while having my full-time job and DJing. I love that. And doing music. I, I made... Two, three grand in a month just after work going and doing shit. And there's so many options. You can I, do air I, task I was hustling Uber. hard though. Like I was fucking like, you know, like But it's totally work, possible. Going mowing a lawn and then going to someone's house and like building an IKEA fucking set and then yeah. getting home at midnight, you know, after working all day from seven AM. Like I was like hustling pretty hard. But I, love I made it. an extra three grand that month. Right? You know, like People just want you to give it to them. And this is what's funny. And that was on top of a full-time job. Like, that wasn't even like... You when know. you give it to them, yeah, they do fuck all. Yeah. So, the the government gave you... What was it? Three grand a month? Something like that. Whatever it is. They I gave you it. money. They gave you what you're looking for. They gave you the bailout. And instead of being grateful and going, okay, this is taking a bit of the stress off now. I can focus on what blah, blah, blah. They just drink beers or they do nothing or they watch Netflix or they play PlayStation. I'm like, do you understand that this is why you were in this situation? Mm. Because you lack, and not everyone has to be super ambitious and want to be a millionaire. Like yeah. you don't have to. I mean, if you, you don't have to. But if you're going to complain, but at the same time do things that don't help, I, I struggle to empathize. And, and I really was waiting for that really like in terms of like the DJ scene, like the streams and the the cool online content and stuff like that. I was like a week in, I was like, I'm so excited. Like this is that weekend whenever all those people were like mm. complaining. I was like, I'm actually really excited to see what everyone's going to do with these live streams because it's going to get, you know, like now everyone's going to live stream and everyone did live stream that first week. Mm. And it was like, you know, a hundred people I knew live streaming like DJ sets. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I can't watch all of you. So yeah. like, look at on that. You know, well, yeah, yeah, good to get get out there. But it's like, 
so now it's like, how are you going to set yourself apart? Like, yeah. how are you going to do a live stream that's cool and different? Like, you can't just have you on the decks playing. Like, that's fucking, that's boring mm. as, like, you know, like, well, that I- ends up being boring because everyone's doing it. So it's like, I was like really excited because I was like, I could see that live streaming was going to be so big. It's like, well, where's the innovation and the the cool ideas and the gimmicks and the fun yeah. stuff going to come from? I want to see that. And it was, I'm only just starting to see that now. Like, well, in a business, know, it took a while got, ago. And DJing is a business. You've got yeah. getting the business and then doing the business. So you've got getting the gigs and building mm. your brand and then doing the actual gig itself. And it's sort of like 50-50 or maybe it's more like 70-30 because you've got to do a lot of gigs. Yeah. Now you don't have to do any gigs. So you can focus 100% of your attention on how do I build my brand, Yeah. build my business, what am I going to do? Because I, I don't have to worry about doing the gigs right now because there are no gigs. Yeah. But. And a lot of people didn't do that. They'll do one live stream a week. If that. It's like, what are you going to do? Make mashups. Make, collect things. Like build your brand. Like talk to other people. Like Work on your production. Like so, so many, many things, de- yeah. like, like DJs who are like. And I even said this. Like because coming on the podcast, I get a lot of DJs who haven't started production yet. I'm right. Like, do, you, do you want to do production? And they're like. Yeah, I just don't have time. I'm busy. And, like, I'm always like, well, that's actually an excuse because you yeah, do have time. Fucked. But then, like, when COVID hit, I was sort of like, I put, it, put a little status out and I went, what do you guys say you want to be music producers? Well, and you always say you don't have time. Well, now, you like, time. now you've got the time. And I, and I even said, like, I know who you are. I'm watching you. Yeah. And I, like, I know who's doing it and who isn't. So I will know who's full of shit. And who isn't? Because if you've got the time, like, get into it because that's what it, you know, it I is. I just don't understand how you can, what are you doing for a week, every week? Yeah. Like, all day. What are you doing? How much fucking Game of Thrones do you need to watch? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? How all many week? games do you want? And, and to be honest, this is why, like, you know, I've talked about this a lot, but, like, I, I love RPG games, video games. Right. Like... To the point where I think I got, I think I got Fallout Two, um, or yeah, I think it was Fallout Two. And for like a week, I played 15, 16 hours a day Jesus. straight. You know what I mean? Like I, like I get obsessed, like right. RPG, like you know, upgrade your dude and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do all the side quests. So when you go to the main quests, it's like, yeah, fucking so easy because you're just a fucking boss legend. Yeah, and fucking just destroy everyone. Um, and that's why I like purposely do not play games anymore right, yeah. because I know that for my personality that I'll just sit like it's it's like crack to me yeah. but I know that now I, I get it I've but I know that now so I now I don't I like I purposely I don't have any consoles I don't have any games on there like I've got you know the thing no with games, games one of my favorite comedians because he was right into it and he said he wasted a lot of time with games he said the thing with games is that after you're playing it you 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 don't have anything you Ooh. haven't built or created anything that's the exact that's what I realized and yeah. that's why I was like, because it gives you the, the like. The dopamine. The dopamine and the emotional response of achieving something, but you actually haven't achieved anything really. Yeah, because now he does like woodwork, which sounds super random, but he's like, at least at the end I have a coffee table. Yeah, yeah. Whereas gaming, like I've. And I can sell a coffee table. Yeah, because like I've I played 2K or whatever and then you mm. get super into it, but then you just like, and depending on the game. And it is just, fun. Like it yeah. totally is fun. But it's also really frustrating. And yeah. then that frustration makes you want to keep going and get better at it. Yeah. But then sometimes I'm playing against like sweaty kids who like have watched every YouTube tutorial on how to get the perfect release time on Kobe Bryant's jump shot. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, and you, but then you, yeah. And you get too caught into it. But then. That's it, why it's too hectic for me now too. Yeah. Like it's too like. Do it in moderation. 
That's like I even like I used to play a little bit of League of Legends online, mm. but like just too hard, man. Because people are too good. Or if you're gonna you do it, I mean? earn it. So like, be like, I am going to play this game because I've done this other work, and that yeah. way you can get stuff done and use it but as give a, a time frame. Don't just like spend yeah. sixteen hours a day for and a week. And you can have, like and I then did. you can have fun because it's like, oh, I've actually earned this game. Yeah, you know what I mean. But maybe find something productive that you enjoy more. Yeah, and just plan your life. Like it's done. You don't have to. You don't have to be a financial advisor, but like, where do you want to live? Yeah. How much money do you want to have? What career do you want to do? Mm. Do you want kids? Like, yeah. just plan that out. And no one does it because we're constantly distracted by Netflix and Facebook Everything, and Instagram yeah. and overstimulation. And the other thing is that a lot of people. So one of the things I'm most proud of is my self awareness. Yeah. I spend a lot of time looking inward and yeah. I explore my emotions. So and important. And if I'm sad, I'm like, why am I sad? What What's making me sad? That's my my biggest it? question is always why. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. For things like, even if like I go to like a party and I have like a, like an amazing time, I always, the next day question. Yeah, why was it so fun? Why was it so good? Was it because I drank the right amount of alcohol? Like, right. I, like I started on beers and didn't start on spirit? Like even to that yeah. degree, like did I start on spirits? Was it the people there? Mm. Was it the music? Was it the, like I go right into that like and see and sort of think about what it was and what My I enjoyed. My thing is conversation. Yeah. I love a good intellectual conversation. It doesn't have to be about something serious. Yeah. It can be about rappers or basketball yeah. teams or music. Um, but if I'm talking to someone who like gets it, yeah, it's this is really a funny story. I probably shouldn't even say this. Yeah, so definitely. it was our friend, my fiance, one of the um, her like main team members was it was his birthday. So we went to Ling Ling's, yeah. and then next door there's a strip club. He loves strip clubs. I'm like, oh, I will take you to the strip club. And then this girl was there, and she was like, Hey. And I was like, hey, what's going on? She goes, um, did you just have dinner? I was like, yeah. She goes, what'd you have? And I was like, oh, I'd, uh, I was like, oh, it's fucking salt and pepper tofu or beans. She's like, I love that. Yeah. So like, what's up? And I'm like, real surface level conversation yeah. I can't do. I don't like, I don't know. You want to talk about real shit. When I can talk to someone who really understands and like you can talk about yeah. things, like I love that. Like some of the best nights I've ever had is been at a table drinking Negronis and just really getting into a good conversation Man, with someone i'm so into nutrition like well i i have been like it's not as huge anymore but like because yeah. i did like i was at uni while we drink beers <laughs> yeah i was at uni doing like you know like physio and sport and exercise science Sick. so i had a little bit of like you know nutrition knowledge but one of my favorite house parties i've ever been to i talked to a doctor who's special was just doing her like specialization in like microbiology mm. about nutrition which she kind of didn't know a lot about like she knew some about but it's not really their field so it was sort of like it's cool to get like a doctor's perspective yeah and like and then what i knew and stuff so like that was one of my like i sat there and like we talked for like two hours yeah i've done at a party I've lost absolutely about nutrition like just nerding and geeking out about like such like high level you know like intricacies of like genetics and stuff it. like that and like that's one of my and favorite. someone with emotional intelligence like some of yeah some of my, my all my all i'm sort of realizing this now all of my close friends have like really high emotional intelligence so they're really good to talk to yeah and uh yeah when you when you someone who just gets it like oh, and yeah. that's one of the things I love about Kaz, my fiance, is that like she can she can understand deep concepts, even if it's not something that she understands. I think that's to me. Like I've always said, someone who is intelligent is someone who can learn a new concept and understand it like straight away. Yeah, that to me, that's what intelligence is. 
Like right. uh, to me, like, you know, being able to learn something really quickly and pick it up and understand it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. If you have knowledge or experience in it, if you can do that, to me, that's someone who's intelligent. Yeah. Because if you can just like learn something, like rote learn, like, you know, like mm. learn a, a textbook, probably... that's different to to yeah. learning something from just someone explaining it to you and then understanding And it. emotional intelligence does translate into DJing like when you're talking to a general manager or when like you're learning yeah. how to work people or even read a room. Again, it's communication skills. Yeah, and be nice to everybody. You know, like yeah. people are like... <laughs> it's free to be kind. It's free to be kind. I'm the DJ. It's like the security guard... You're a guest DJ. Security guard's never met you. He doesn't know you. Don't get mad when he's asking for your ID. Like, how's he meant to know? You know? Oh, I'm a DJ. It's like... No one I cares. I prefer the opposite where you show them their, your ID like, and they're like, oh, dude, just go in. Dude, like, I, you know what I mean? always That's, line up unless it's a always massive line. line up, show them the, show them the yeah. ID and they're like, dude, just go in. Like, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, man, like, thanks. You know, like, and, yeah, and that's a big tip. When you start playing places, meet everyone. Say hello and be personable to everyone. Yeah. Meet the security on the door. Meet the bartenders, meet the glassies, meet the general managers. And it comes in handy. Meet the because- DJs, the promoter, everyone. Yeah. Like, meet everyone. Yeah, and be nice to everyone. Like it, it, that has got me. Sometimes in DJing, unfortunately, when you have someone that comes in, who's got their own crew, like a new entertainment manager, yeah. they just fire everyone. Yeah, and it's like you can ask any single person in this venue. Ask, ask any glassy, any bartender, the general manager, the managers, the bar manager, any single fucking person in here, and they'll vouch for me. Yeah, and then like it, it gives you a bit of leeway um, when you're in this situation because it happens. We've I've had. General managers come in, fire absolutely everybody. They're like, oh, this venue is changing. It's like, oh, I'm just going to fire everyone. It's like, that's not, that's not, that's not the do. solution, but yeah. whatever. I think I was fired from Stockies four times. Yeah. And then and they get you back. Yeah. yeah. But all of them was just, I was just roped in with everyone. It was ridiculous. Other random story about Stockies. I've always remembered this. So one night, it was a, I think it was a Friday, and they had like 230 people leave within an hour or something. I was in Melbourne. That's right. I wasn't even yeah. at, I wasn't even in the fucking state. And they had a DJ meeting, compulsory meeting. Everyone has to be here. I'm like, I don't know why. I wasn't even there. Anyway, you come in and then I'm, it's, uh, I'm parking on no, one of the streets. And then the general manager was late and then everyone's chit-chatting because it's like, just get to the point. And then I was two minutes late to get my car because it's a clear way at four and I got a $230 ticket. Oh. I was two minutes late and I'm like, wrap up this meeting and I got to go. I remember saying to the ticket person, I'll give you a hundred bucks cash now if you don't write that. They're like, mate, you shouldn't have parked here. I'm like, if it wasn't for the fucking general manager, I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wasn't even here. I was in Melbourne. I don't want your fucking spring rolls. All right, let me get out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's hectic. I have yeah, so many it's stories like, about DJing, man. It's like, it's such a. But it's, it is so much like a, like people who are new to it, like you've got to understand that it really is a team. Mm. All the DJs on the roster and that, it's, it has to be a team. Mm. And that's what people want. If you've got a good team, like you said, you can just have the residents play yeah. and kill it every week. Don't give the general managers a reason to complain. Yeah, and you got to make it. A, you got to make it like a team, though. You know, like it's like you said, like you the open, the warm up, the headline, the close. Mm-hmm. You're all working together to make the night pull pull oh, off. Oh, and night. this is a random thing, but dress professionally. Carry yourself yeah. like a professional. I see some people who dress like trash, and then they're like, "Oh, I can't get a gig." It's like I've, I know people that have been let go because of their appearance. Yeah. Like oh, if you same. Dress, if you dress nice. Hey, bachelor. I was in the meeting. When <laughs> you, I was in the meeting when you got fired from family. I've told him that though. 
you got to dress nice. And like, because I carried myself like a professional, you'd get gigs for the functions at Cloudland and they pay awesome. And then you can, yeah. you can get booked anywhere. If you're just a nice person, you carry yourself well and you play a good set. You don't have to be a big swinging dick. I only play headlines, this, this, yeah. that. Oh, one time I played with Will Sparks. No one cares. The yeah. general manager does not care. Unless you're like a like an actual celebrity, yeah. the general manager does not care. So yeah. just <laughs> be a good person. Yeah, just be just be down. I don't mean to sound negative. I rant a lot. Oh I'm no, sorry. no, but this is <laughs> no, but this is totally information that people need to know. Like, mm. you know, like people need to know this kind of stuff. Um, but I do want to know about the app. So let's talk about the app that oh, you yeah, have. Oh yeah, what, because a, that was what a, a big, long way around. Because that was a big, you know, like that that was um something that I was, you know, when when I heard about all that. Back yeah, in I'll, the day, I'll try that was a big. I'll consolidate. Uh, so consolidate into a. Tell us about what the Free app story. was and what All you right, did so and how. It- the app was. It was kind of like Tinder for food. The idea was that well, Tinder for food and activities. The idea was that you don't go back and forth. What do you feel like? Oh, I feel like this. Blah. blah. It's just just go out and experience the city, and it's like a really curated list of amazing things to do, so that anything you can do would be awesome. It was all about spontaneity. What so was it called? It was called a roundabout. And so like food, drinks, activities, and you could just swipe left, right, whether you want to do it. If you swiped yes, you could add it to your list and you could see all about it. And you yeah, could cool. book it in, blah, blah. Um, cool, not essential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool idea, not essential. In the startup world, they talk about vitamins and painkillers. It was absolutely a vitamin. It, it, it yeah. was almost like a gummy bear. It was like everyone who saw it was like, this is sick, but not enough to be like, I need that. Yeah. Um, so because I was young, motivated, not much experience, but thought I had more than I did because I had that first company. But running a small business is incredibly different to running a tech company. Yeah. And then spoke to like the most fucking expensive developers I could have picked. And of course, they're like, yeah, let's build it. Um, yeah, yeah. Pay us for it. We'll build there's it. There's a yeah. quote that says, don't ask a barber if you need a haircut. It's yeah. like, they're of course going to get me to build it. And they, funnily enough, they actually went bankrupt about 18 months ago, which is absurd yeah. because the amount of money they charged was through the roof. Anyway. I was really motivated, young. I was just a perfect like target for these people. So in startups, you want to do what's called validation. So find out what people want and then build it. Don't build it and see if people want it. Yeah. But these people just wrote me into a contract. And like it was, we had a lot of, lot of downloads, a lot of traction, a lot of followers, a lot of media attention. But it, that's called that's what's called vanity metrics. It doesn't make yeah. money. Um, so I just wanted to you've got to be able to leverage it then into actual yeah and you got to have a business model I just had like oh when it's big enough we'll pay people for advertising or someone will buy it Um, obviously not how it works Yeah. and then uh, so that was fun and I ran that for two years and it kind of worked in well with DJing and I knew people and we had all the food influence doing stuff and I wouldn't change a thing I, I, I thought it was fantastic and I love everything about it but not a good business model and I lost 200 grand when I was 21 so that was an expensive lesson yeah, but it's part of it. Everyone I've like told that to, of investors, like, dude, you have to. Like, some investors will not invest with you unless you've had a fuck up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's know? like you've already now you know. It's like what gig have you bombed at? It's like now you're not going to do that again. Yeah. When is your equipment broken at a club? Because if you don't, well, how are you going to handle it? So, yeah. but that times a bit, a bit more. But um, like, yeah, like two hundred grand. The things not- that make you a really good DJ. When I was tangent back to DJing, is like yeah. when things go wrong. Yeah. How do you handle it? Yeah. I've seen some DJs cry and leave the decks and can't do it. But like I've had gigs where this the sound will not work. Like you can't figure it out, or the CDJ is fucked, and turning it on and off doesn't work, or the RCA is wrong, or the, like the mix is rooted. Like, how do you overcome that? Because even though it's stressful, that's what yeah. makes you a really good, reliable DJ. Yeah. But with the app, 
I did that for two years and then I was getting an, uh, I was starting to be like, okay, where's this actually going? And I was getting an R&D return, which is a research and development because when you're building technology with an unclear outcome where you can't buy off the shelf technology or whatever, you can get a 45 cents on the dollar from the government. So I was getting about 45 grand back and I was like, okay, I called my mentor and I was like, do I put this back into a black hole of money with no end in sight or do I cut my losses and just move on to the next thing? And he said, strategic retreat is not the same as quitting because I'm always like, never quit, never quit. He's like, yeah. I know you don't want to quit, but cutting and losses is not the same as quitting. Yeah. I was like, you know what? It's time to move on to the next thing. Yeah. So I did. And then to make some of the money back, so I had a hundred grand was my own money, a hundred grand was a loan. So I had to pay that back. Yeah. Um, and then I just got to work on paying that back. And that I paid it off pretty quick. I was grinding. I was DJing yeah. six nights a week. I was designing websites. I was doing yeah. social media However marketing for you people. Get it. I ended up paying it off in like nine months or something crazy. And but it was it was awful <laughs> nine months because it was like every time I'd buy a sandwich, I'm like, this isn't even my money. Like this, I owe this money to someone else. Yeah. So I just I hate being in debt. So I grinded it out. And that's how I started doing marketing because as part of the app, one thing we did really well was marketing. Yeah. We did. We had really cool ideas. We had a lot of press releases. I was in Kuramau Live TV. We had all the food influences. Like that's the story for another day with the marketing strategy there. Yeah. But I started because agencies were too expensive for me to work with. I started doing my own websites, my own social media, my yeah. own press releases, etc. And then ended up doing that for other people to make money. And then I was like, hey, I'm actually like good at it. Yeah. Yeah. They paid fifteen hundred dollars for that website. Oh shit. Well, what about this other person? And then kept going and going. And then yeah, I. Yeah. Years later, um, you know, there's ten of us, and we run a digital marketing company. Is However, that what you're doing now? Like I, that, that was going to be my next question. Eventually, yeah. So like, what I'm what doing, are you doing now? Digital marketing, predominantly for real estate, but also getting back into startups. So designing software, yeah. and um, I'm so fascinated with artificial intelligence that I I'm so far down that rabbit hole. But I love, it's crazy, I like yeah. marketing. What I love is technology and startups. And uh, the thing that I've been thinking about lately is that, and this is important for young people. When people fall into careers or businesses kind of by accident mm. and not by design, but then years will go by and they'll be like, oh, well, I can't change now because this is what I have. So let's say you get out of uni and you don't like accounting, but your uncle owns an accounting firm. So you, you do accounting and you're like, I'm just doing this because it's what's available now yeah. with the plan of getting a job I actually like later on. Nothing yeah. against accountants or you say, no, you get the point. Yeah. <laughs> but five years go by. Or maybe a bit more because you're comfortable and you're doing things and you get a bit of money and then you maybe buy a house or something. And then you go, I don't like accounting, but I can't change now because that's what I've done for the past 10 yeah. years. So it's like you fell into it by accident. You totally can change though. You can change. Yeah. But people people take what's in front of them now, which is fine because that's what you need to do because you've got to be practical. But don't forget to build a life you actually want. Yeah. Because then time goes by and you're like, oh, I can't. I'm an accountant. And it's like, well, no, you know, you just took that because that's what was there. And that's useful skills for setting up a business. And like, oh, yeah, like yeah. There's, there's heaps of other things you can do where that skill is highly valuable for you. 100%. And that could like, be anything. You could could be law, you could be hospitality, it could be anything. Hospitality, yeah. really good with talking to people. You can sell things. Um, and Jim Carrey did a speech about this. His dad was an accountant and, he's, and then he got fired after like 40 years and he never did what he wanted to do, but he just did that because it was, you know, got to have an income. Yeah. And the point was you can fail at what you don't like. So you may as well do what you do like. 
Yeah. The only reason I use accounting in the example, if you love accounting, that's great. I just remember because a guy used to drop me to school and he was an accountant and he goes, I don't like accounting. I just did it because it was the first job I got out of school. Yeah. I'm like, it's like 30 years have gone by. Yeah. yeah. You spent 30 years in a job you don't like. Yeah. Fuck, that makes me sad. I always sort of say that like I'd prefer to fail at music than succeed at anything else. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'd prefer to give it a crack. And maybe it doesn't work and it doesn't end up what I want it to be. One of my favorite quotes, I can't remember who said it. I need to find out. But it says, there's no greater tragedy than wholeheartedly committing to the wrong thing. Yeah, totally. Imagine if it's like learning how to get really fast at running to run in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> like, now he's going to come back again. It's like, I, oh, I yeah, I just, I think people need to spend more time looking inward and going, what, what do I actually want to do? What actually yeah. makes me happy? Yeah. Instead yeah, of totally. just distracting yourself oh that's what i was meant to say before another the reason is one we're distracted but two people don't look inward because to look inward they have to admit that they're not yeah. where they want to be you've got to yeah you've and got to be honest with yourself that's huge yeah you know like yeah, well, so actually i'm doing all these things wrong and like call yourself out almost yeah yeah and i use like fitness as an example like if you're overweight and you want to get in shape the f it starts by admitting fuck I'm overweight. I'm not where I want to be. And I need to do something about it. And that's it. uncomfortable, right? But there's nothing wrong with that because that's what it takes to yeah. break through that wall. But instead, they go watch Netflix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing wrong sure. with Netflix. I keep I keep like hedging my Netflix. comments because everyone's like, oh, wait, are you saying that? But no. Are you saying that Netflix is this? So no. you're saying You're saying that you're that a Netflix racist. is terrible. <laughs> so um, you're a I'm racist gonna go, and I'm going to go take a piss quickly. Yeah, do your thing, and man. And then um, we'll come back and, yeah, sweet. and keep going. Well, let's just talk about what you're doing now quickly, some digital, because yeah. um, you, you're in that digital marketing or, um, you know, yeah. space. Um, tell us a little bit about sort of what you do. Like, uh, I'm not sure if you've probably picked it up, but I'm a huge believer in like Gary Vee and all his sort mm. of stuff, obviously, from what I've been, I don't know, you probably know, have seen a bit of his stuff. And yeah, probably, he was a big reason I got into digital marketing. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah, I love Gary Vee. Uh, yeah, so we do mostly social media marketing, uh, yep. Facebook and Google advertising and web design. Yeah. And we also do stuff on the side like graphic design and marketing funnels and that kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, digital marketing is so critically important in today's world. And if you're yeah. not doing it, it's not even like, it's not the future. It's like now. It's like a necessity. Yeah. It's kind of like you have to do it. Otherwise, yeah. what are you doing? Uh, yeah. And it changes so quickly that you kind of need to be up to date with what's happening. Yeah, like Reels. Reels came out just recently, yeah. like, you know, and that's going to like that's gonna change the landscape again instantly, yeah. you know, so. And learn about advertising because there's so much saturation out there now and the algorithms change that it's really hard to have organic growth. Like, I would really recommend running ads. It can even be five bucks a day or two bucks a day. It doesn't really matter, but I reckon. And um, like the, the, like. The cost on the Facebook has just gone down dramatically recently, hey? Well, it's actually gone up depending on industry you're in, but um, it could yeah. triple and still be worth the money. Like I've seen really it go down for me. Like I, I was running it. Like maybe I've just gotten better at targeting and all that maybe, kind of yeah. stuff. But like, I, like I've seen it go down from, you know, for a view on something, go from like, you know, 20 cents a view to like one cent. Yeah. Like just, you know, recently. Well, it's all about having good content. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. There's, yeah, a, yeah. Um, there's like a quality score where Facebook determines what is good quality and good quality and relevance is determined by, you know, how much it resonates with the audience. So yeah. that if it's not, if people aren't liking and commenting and sharing, they're going to go, this is not engaging. Let's push it down, which means you're yeah. going to have to pay more to push it out. 
So this, I think the like CPM costs have definitely come down recently. A lot of big players have got out of the game. Like yeah. the Facebook um, marketing so costs have come down because there's yeah, less and demand. Yeah, go hard. Like when when shit like COVID happens, like if you can go hard because everyone else is pulling out. Like yeah, with our yeah. clients, we went harder. We increased their ad spend. Yeah, because everyone else is backing off. Yeah, because they you know cutting costs. Yeah, but that's a great opportunity. For, think about like a pool and it's full of fish, and if some of the fish leave, that's more for you. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Exactly. So. Yep. Uh, that was a weird analogy. But yeah. like if there's less competitors, it's good for you because you can have more of a presence. But yeah, if you've never done Facebook ads, I really recommend it. Even if it's something that you're not selling, like even if it's yeah. your mixes or your whatever, like create good content. Hit me up for a consult or or hit Mitch up for a consult <laughs> and we'll sort you out. Yeah. It's all about relevancy. So yeah. what is who are your customers? It's who- got to be good content at the end of the day. Like, yeah. If it's shit, it's shit. Otherwise, like- you're just loud and annoying. Yeah, they say there's a quote that's like marketing will accelerate your failure if your product sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so make sure what you're doing is good. Yeah, yeah, for but yeah, sure. learn more about the digital space. Um, definitely. And there's so much info out there, like about yeah. it, like the only problem is it's too much info, and you kind of got to filter through some crap. But yeah, once you learning. get onto the good people, like the people who actually know what they're yeah. talking about, it's yeah, it's really good. Yeah, you can check out things like HubSpot and Digital Marketer. They're normally a bit less fluffy because you got like the americans who are like learn how to make 600 grand a year in the next three hours <laughs> yeah. that stuff's a bit and it's yeah, just yeah. a sales pitch but if you learn learn about facebook ads learn about instagram marketing learn about things like tiktok learn about whatever's relevant for you um a lot of our clients are in real estate so tiktok's not like super relevant but for a dj fuck yeah like should be all over that yeah yeah exactly TikTok ad they, it's about to get banned in the u.s maybe it's about to get walked by microsoft but oh, well, man, reels are gonna i think reels are gonna just take a huge market share off tiktok yeah uh, that's what i feel anyway because it, it literally is wherever t- people are learn that it literally is tiktok on instagram yeah like and if you're really stuck look at what the people in your space the number one people in your space what are they doing so if you're looking at a DJs, huge thing like, yeah what's steve oakey doing what's calvin harris doing what's fucking cardi b doing you know what i mean like look at what they do and then use them for ideas because you don't have to you're not the first person to do digital marketing as a musician right yeah. so look at the people who do it really well like diplos and in your space stuff. as well you know yeah. like because you know you got to think about who is it that you're trying to reach in your market like if you do like melodic progressive house probably don't look at what steve aoki does yeah you know because it's a totally different demographic yeah. of audience like look at what people in your space do yeah, and you what know? your audience wants. Yeah, exactly. You've yeah. got to know your audience then as well. Big time. Yeah, of Yeah, course. but then um, I, as much as I love marketing and I'm, I'm still doing it, I'm building some software at the moment. I finally found a tech co-founder. Um, I've always wanted to collaborate with someone who can do the tech. Do I, the thing, yeah. Because that's, cause that's yeah. the thing. Like, with, You'd know this from apps. Like, And I feel like, you know, like back in the day, like, and it's always funny nowadays, like you walk into like a house party somewhere and there's some guys on Coke or some shit and, and they've you know, back in the day, it used to be the saying that like, oh, people would get on coke and come up with a business idea, right. start a business. And now I feel it's like people get on coke and then it's like, oh, they come up with an app idea. Yeah. You know, like, like oh, but we should totally are, make this app. Ideas but are easy. That's what I was going to say to you, like, because I know you you believe in this too. It's like, it's all great to have a great idea, but if you can't execute it, then it doesn't yeah. matter at all. Big time. Like, who who cares? Like Exactly. An idea is, is an idea. Oh, mate, an idea. Until you make um, it happen. You it's take not- a pill every day and you don't have to do any workout and you'll lose weight. Okay, billion dollar idea. Go do it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, oh, man, let's come up with a drug that cures cancer. Yeah. 
Like, oh, man. Well, like, yeah, that's a great idea, but, yeah. like, you've got to be able to do it. Like, yeah. that's... What if you could, like, make money free? Sick idea. Yeah, what if you could make a tree that grows money? Or even, like, even if you do have a legitimate idea that actually makes sense and it's not an exaggeration like what we just said, you have to execute it. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. You know, like, I've got this great idea for the podcast eventually. Like, I've got a goal to do, like, a VR podcast where someone could sit there or they could sit here or they could sit over there while we're talking and experience. You can do that now. The podcast. I, I know you could yeah. do that now, but why? Because yeah. no one's going to sit there and do that. Well, that's the thing. Do that, people want it? That, well, that's why I wouldn't do it now. But, yeah. like, you can and it's an idea and it's They've cool got, and it's NBA, a niche. Which is cool. And it's a cool, but it's like it's in the back of the mind to be like, mm. we could totally do it now, but is it worth it? And it's not. They do that in the NBA because they're playing in a bubble in Orlando because um, no one can come to the games because of COVID. But they sell like seats with VR and it, it's like you're sitting courtside, which is that's, clever. That, see, that's where it does make sense yeah. to do, you know. Or if like, you know, like if Joe Rogan did that yeah. with the VR seats in the studio. You could sit in Joe Rogan's studio. Like he, like that would sell. Yeah. Or he, Joe's never going to see this. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally going to hit him see, up. See, but this is the thing. But idea. that's totally an idea. But yeah. if you can't execute and you haven't got the audience for it, like there's no point in me doing it. Yeah. But like if Joe Rogan did it, he'd probably make a shitload of money. Like yeah. pay five bucks for a seat in the podcast. Like, fuck yeah, that's a good idea, Joe Rogan. Joe, oh, do it. <laughs> I will literally buy a VR headset Joe, and buddy, do that. Our, our good mate, Joe Rogan. But that's it, you know, like it's. An, an idea is an idea, and yeah. unless you can execute and actually make it work, it's like so many people are like, I'll get this idea, but I'm not going to tell anyone because, like, they'll steal it. And it's like, well, fuck, like. Yeah, because they watch the social yeah. network and things that they can't tell anyone. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Uh, I, it's, yeah. It's just a funny thing, I think, that, you know, like it used to be the, oh, a business idea. Now it's like an app idea because it's mm. something that everyone uses and they think that you can just do it, but it's like. Just learn how to solve problems. Yeah, that's it. Really. What are the problems you can solve in your own life? Maybe yeah. it's like for me, I have a cat and no matter how much I wash these fucking clothes, I've always got cat hair on me. And the lint rollers are annoying because you got to, someone make an infinite lint roller that actually works or clothing that doesn't attract hair. There you go. Or maybe There's like a some, kind of, some kind of uh, drug that you can just inject your animal with that they just stop shedding hair. <laughs> They'd, yeah, it'd probably have other repercussions. But yeah, 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 no, but if you could come up with it like... yeah. There you go. If you could actually really make there. it. Mate, don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. <laughs> don't tell anyone. We won't. You know, we'll they cut might, that, we'll cut they might steal that idea. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's funny because, like, you know, a lot of those ideas, and I've come up with, like, these ideas before in the past and gone, oh, that's genius. I've never heard of that. Like, totally. And then you, you like, Google it and there's, like, thousands of people with that yeah. same idea. And that doesn't mean that you can't do it. But you just got to learn how to do it better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a better mousetrap, whatever they say. Yeah, 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 definitely. So where can we find you? Like um like socials and stuff or, uh, or even sure. maybe if they're interested in the business stuff with the mm. digital marketing, like what's the how do we find you for that? Uh personal Instagram at Mitch Hills. That's probably where I post most of my stuff. Yeah. Post stuff every day, just about random shit like this. Yeah. If you want to check out the business, it's masteredmarketing.com or yep. at mastermarketing. Uh but yeah, at Mitch Hills is probably the best place to catch up with me. Yeah, we'll we'll chuck you know, links in the in the show notes and stuff like that. But Sweet. Thanks for coming in, man. Like it was, hey, it's um, been awesome. It was a great chat. Um, I really like talking to people who are a little bit more in the business mind because that's where my head is yeah. at, at, at the moment. 
Um, so yeah, thanks thanks for coming in. Hey, man. my pleasure. I'll and, come back uh, again soon for some more beers. We don't have to drive somewhere else to another. Brewery. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, actually, this is a good time to announce um, this Friday because this will be out on Monday. So Friday from this, we're going to be doing uh, Friday knockoffs live in real life in the valley um, at a venue. So Friday knockoffs is the I don't know if you've seen it. It's the digital. Every Friday, I do a um, from six onwards. Uh, web chat, video, hangout, Sick. open to anyone. Um, we literally just drink beers and talk shit. Exactly what we're doing now, but yeah. on there. So it, it, I, I sort of like preface it as like, it's like, you know, it's it's like talking shit at the pub, but in the comfort of your own home. Yeah. So that's the vibe. But now COVID we're actually, actually going to go to um, to a venue next week and it's just casual, like 8 till 12. I want it to be like a pre- drinks meet up like if you're playing a gig in a venue yeah at nine or whenever just come in for a drink beforehand if you just want to come and just have a few drinks eight till twelve if you're going out that night just come in for a few pre's you know and then go to wherever you're going sweet or even if you don't really have plans of where you want to go mm. come and meet up with another group who's doing something and go Fuck, I'll come do that with you. Like, yeah. you know, just a little like social sort of like. Whatever thing. you're so, doing, Friday knockoffs. Friday next knockoffs. Friday. Next Friday. So let's, um, I'll see you guys there if you're out. So thanks for coming in, man. My um, pleasure. I don't know what else to say, but thank you. I've got to go to a brewery in Salisbury. Oh. <laughs> I should probably get over there. <laughs> I've got to go to a brewery. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, see where you're parked. If you want to, uh, We'll talk about it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We don't have to talk about that. that All right. Thanks for watching, guys. You have a good uh, day or night, wherever you are. See you guys soon. There we go, guys. Another great episode in the bag. Thank you to Mitch for coming on. Um, That was a really great chat. And there was heaps of info in there for DJs, anyone in sort of business or, you know, just anyone in general, I think. If you want to follow Mitch, um, probably the best thing to do is to go to his website, www.mitchhills.com. Go there. It's got links to his Instagram, his Facebook, all the other places you can find him. So just go to the website, um, www.mitchhills.com. As we said at the start, guys, go check out the store. Um, You can get there through the website, abeerwith.com. Click over the store section um, and you can grab the stubby coolers. Ten bucks uh, for a stubby cooler and we've got a heap of other products there as well that we're selling. Um, So if you're interested in anything there, make sure you pick it up as well. This Friday, guys, we're taking Friday knockoffs in real life. We're taking it to you guys. Um, You know, it's been the online virtual thing for you know, a couple of weeks or months now since COVID hit. Um, Now that we actually can go outside and catch up, um, I thought it was a great opportunity, um, you know, to sort of have a small little venue where, you know, if you want to come out and and sort of catch up, have a drink, uh, sort of sit down in person and have a chat um, and just sort of like, you know, socialize with people, um, this is the time to do it. Um, Friday knockoffs, 8 o'clock till 12 this Friday. Um, You know, come down. It's at Born Creative Studios in the Valley. Um, I'll have links everywhere. I'll be blasting it out on the socials. So make sure you go and check that out because it's going to be really fun. I'll be there and there's going to be a heap of other people there. Um, So if you know a heap of people in this community uh, or you want to meet some of them, this is your chance to come out uh, and have a drink and catch up. So make sure you guys do that um, this Friday, Born Creative Studio in the Valley. All right, guys, that's it for this one. I really love this one, but next week's one's going to be really cool as well. Um, Someone I've been trying to sit down with for a while, um, so we managed to get that done on the weekend, and I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I hope you guys are having a great day or night, wherever you are, and I'll see you guys soon for the next episode.